Holman, what is happening here exactly? Who are these people in our studio, and why do they look like you? Uh, <laughs> they're my parents and yes. my uh, my oldest daughter. Yay! So, after we got in from being locked out, uh-huh. right again. of our studio again, yeah, again because they changed the key code, or you just yeah, oh it just no, doesn't matter why. Oh, we're not going to explain yeah, why. Just the door shut. Holman locked somebody. us out of our studio <laughs> again. Yet again, and okay. then yeah, a, a few moments later, as we're sitting there eating our wiener schnitzel on the tailgate of your truck, waiting for uh, Stu to come rescue us, and then up pulls another vehicle, and it's which your, wasn't Stu because we thought it was Stu coming up. Oh, great, Stu's here. But it was better because it was your family. I'm like, why is my uh, dad's uh, car full of uh, family members pulling up to the studio? We were both surprised. Yep. And out they pop with a cake. And so introduce me to your family here. All right. So uh, this is my mom, Cindy Holman. Hi, Lightning. Hi. <laughs> and my dad, Bill Holman. Hey, Light. Hey, don't be scared of the microphone. And, and we da- know you. My daughter, Marin. Yes. Hello. We've been on road trips before with you, Marin. Yeah, that's right. Yes. She's a she's a bag of laughs. Yes, she is. <laughs> man, she's always wearing. Is a, it a bag of laughs or a box of laughs? I don't know. What kind of pants are you wearing, Marin? <laughs> Old man pants. Old man pants. That's an inside joke. That's yeah, an inside joke that we're not going to tell you about here. So, Marin, why are you guys here? We came with this custom fiftieth episode cake. Wait, what? What fifty? Fifty episodes? <laughs> when did that happen? So right now, whose idea was this fifty cake right here? Guilty. Pop. Yeah, wow. it was it was Pop's idea. He now felt guys, it necessary. You don't really listen, do you? I mean, I know I that do. you've called in, but like you, we don't. I mean, no. My my mom's left uh, us a review. Yeah, and uh, my my dad is uh, called in, and he likes Emmy better than he likes us. <laughs> and uh, yes, we do listen religiously, and we had to do the countdown to figure out when you might be recording your fiftieth episode. So for some reason, we got it right. Well, yeah, that's pretty good. Well, first off, we have to say we are deeply sorry. Yeah. Yep, we are. We're sorry. We're sorry that we've done 50 of these, I think. <laughs> yeah. I, I, we apologize. We, we unleashed 50 on the world, and uh, it's like letting out the genie. You just can't get those back. And so you made a cake, and it actually has the art, our logo, not just like where the woman squeezes it on with the uh, No, but like a screen-printed like, Trust yeah. Show podcast logo. It's like it was planned. What kind of cake is this? Red well, velvet. Yeah, Red velvet. Be, it was supposed to be a Dr. Pepper cake, <laughs> but the store told me that they couldn't make a Dr. Pepper cake, so... And, got, or and, chili and we, cheesecake. And we omitted the fact that you came with Dr. Pepper, the little bottles. The Dublin Dr. Pepper. From Texas. Yes. From Texas. The so. uh, cane sugar, not the corn syrup bottles. But hiding behind the Dr. Pepper is a bottle of? The, like Sailor Jerry's? Is that what that was? <laughs> I see something hiding behind there. Oh, Sailor Jerry. If I wasn't at work right now. <laughs> You're not at Nobody's work. Nobody's going to know, right? This is not well, work. Well, start after hours anyway, right? It's barely work. Yeah, I think that should stay here. And uh, we have a lot of people in the studio who are like, hey, I'm thirsty. Now we have something to give them. Something to drink. All right, so here's no. what we're going to do. Because we turned 50 today. We right? turned Collectively, 50. Collectively, 50th uh-huh. episode. We're going to sing ourselves happy birthday. Ready? One, two, three. Happy birthday to us. Podcast. Happy birthday to the Churchill us. Podcast. Yes. Happy birthday, Happy birthday to Podcast. Happy birthday to us! Oh wait, are we gonna are we gonna light the candles on the cake? Yeah, we Absolutely. gotta blow. We have to blow it out, right? It's more of a visual thing, right? Do we well, want to? Well, you have. We'll have to take a picture and post it on our socials at Truck Show Podcast. Fifty episodes in, who would have thunk? And we've already made it to uh, number two in automotive on occasion. So, go pretty us. pretty amazing. Where are we now? Like thirty. 
Uh, no, today we're uh, top 10. We're 10. Oh, wow. Yeah, so we, no, we're holding. So we're, we're holding keeping steady. suckage low enough yeah. to stay in the top 10. Yeah, we're doing okay. It's outstanding. We'll yeah. go us. So what? where do you think we'll be in another 50 episodes? Uh, dead. We'll be dead for sure. I hope not. No? Because that only means we have 50 <laughs> more weeks. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right, start the show. The Truck Show. We're going to show you what we know. We're going to answer what the truck, because truck rides with show we have the lifted we have the lowered and everything in between we'll talk about trucks that run on diesel and the ones that We're run the on gasoline the truck show the truck show the truck show oh, oh. it's the truck show with your hosts lightning and holman well that was cool hey that's us your whole uh, family was singing the song yeah i, I uh, my dad is the only one without headphones so i'm sure he thought it was horrendous because <laughs> he couldn't actually hear anything uh, going on other than all of our horrible voices i was wondering why he was dancing horribly offbeat because <laughs> he's my dad where do you think i <laughs> oh, get yeah, it from in the family actually he has way more musical talent than i do I feel I feel weird with you in the studio because you're like parents and all. That's, that, that's why we're leaving. <laughs> oh, okay. All right. I like that. They bring gifts and they leave. Exactly. Don't you wish Christmas was like that? You have like that weird relative who comes over and you're like, all right, thanks for the gift. Get out of my house. Like, everyone should like do the Santa thing, you know, just through just the chimney and bail. Irish goodbye. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Holman, I feel like we shortchanged Nissan because normally we got to, you know, we, we got to do our plug in the beginning of the show and you kind of raced right through because you, you had those uh, starry eyes. <laughs> <laughs> There's cake and other goodies uh, that were here. Hey, so uh, Nissan, by the way, I just got back from Detroit. I was at the Detroit Auto Show. and uh, Super the, jealous. Saw your photos. Uh, I did a ton of truck show uh, podcast social. Like, do blew up, and, and we had so many of our listeners uh, interacting, asking questions about the trucks and their comments and stuff on both Instagram and Facebook at Truck Show Podcast. But what's cool is Nissan uh, gave us a 2019 Nissan Titan Pro 4X XD. Wait, gave who? What? What? Yeah, so when I was in Detroit, yeah. they gave me the keys to a truck all week to get me around. When you say they gave us, uh-huh. we, yeah, they uh, gave you. Brett Evans was with me from Truck Trend, Jason Gunnerman from sure. Truck Trend, my, uh, Sean Oshner. Okay. And uh, so the four of us needed wheels while we were in town, so Nissan said, hey, why don't you guys uh, check out a 19? And we've talked about the 19, all the changes, right? The uh, the extra USBs and the uh, cool new color, Midnight Pine. Now, how and jealous then, is our friend from the last episode who bought a uh, the guy in oh, Hawaii? Oh, 17? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, and now we had the new uh, Fender stereo system. Freaking awesome. I, I had a chance to listen to it. Blows the old system away. Um, and CarPlay, Apple CarPlay. How does it, uh, how? Is it just so much clearer? Okay. It's just so balanced. It's just a, a really did nice upgrade. Did they add speakers or did they just spend more time on tuning? What would you Yeah, suppose? way more time. What's well, a whole new system. Sorry, I geek out on audio, but yeah. yeah. Be- really. Before it was, uh, you know, we talked about this before in a previous episode, but the Rockford Fosgate system was really bassy, mm-hmm. and now the new Fender system is just really crystal clear with still a good amount of bass. Okay. And just the new uh, interface, new software, Apple CarPlay, everything of how you inter- interact with the head unit is all modern now. What did you listen to, like Ariana Grande? No, no, no. We were uh, <laughs> we were listening to Fox News the whole time. No. <laughs> um, no, we had uh, you know, some country, did a little rock, you yeah. know, did some lithium, did some highway. A white no, the XM satellite blows. Well, the quality of that audio is just so compressed and so bad. Yeah, it's except for horrible. when you're somewhere else and uh, you just want to listen to music. No, local and... radio is all right. You can tune into local radio. Your radio's dead. Radio's. <laughs> I mean, as far as we're concerned, yes, yes, it is. Uh, anyway, so great time we had the uh, comments. One thing I can say about driving that truck and living with it for you know the entire week was. Uh, they did a lot of little changes with uh, NVH, noise, vibration, harshness, and the way the shifting is on it. 
it's so much smoother now and all of the controls, everything's just like dialed up, like like 10% better than before. It was really good before, but it's noticeable. Can you imagine being one of the Nissan engineers and they're like, we're not going to do a radical change, but we need you to do like an incremental change. Right. And, like, and, and can you imagine how taxing that would be? Like, wait, I just have to improve like a little, you know? So I, well, I was talking to one of my friends at Nissan, and he said that it's been an ongoing deal since they launched to work with a plant in Mississippi to make sure they get as many changes as possible. So 19 represents the first real fast feedback year. So the truck was launched in 1617, and so all of that customer input went into the 19 for those quick, easy little changes. Oh, and also the DEF tank is bigger on the uh, 19 XDs with the diesel. Got it. That and was one of the concerns from users, right? Yep, yep. Okay. So they, I mean, Le- uh, Nissan absolutely listens to their customers, and the 19 truck is really impressive. So if you're in the market for a uh, 2019 Nissan Titan or Titan XD, uh, firsthand, I would drove it all week, was super impressed, especially over all those harsh, horrible roads. In, uh, and the good thing is you're never going to really need that five-year, 100,000-mile warranty because they just don't break. That's right. So you got an insurance policy you're never going to use. We know what you should do with uh, with all that extra money that you're not going to uh, use by fixing your Titan that's not Buy broken. A deck ah, system. That's right. <laughs> Sorry, you're going like that. I saw you painting the stripes in the road, and I just drove that along. That's good. I, I I lobbed a softball to you, and and poof, hit it right out of the park. Well Decked. done. Yes. Well done. So thank you, uh, Nissan, and thank you, uh, Decked. If you guys uh, are in the market for truck, NissanUSA.com, or in the market for a uh, awesome cargo solution, Decked.com. And thank you to the Holmans for bringing cake. <laughs> All right, so I want to hear about all of your Detroit uh, Auto Show coverage. Is it called? It's the North American. Yeah, it used to be called the Detroit Auto Show, but when they went international, they called it the North American International Auto Show, so NAIAS. I feel like a lot of the news that I was hearing, well, at least on NPR, my drive-in, is that like the reports were that all the reporters were excited it was moving to summertime next year. So I disagree. I think it's a horrible move. And very sad that uh, us in California, that's my winter. My winter is a week in Detroit in January. And they hate it. Uh, although it was very mild. It was actually, we had a huge rainstorm here, and, and out there it was like 35 and I nice. I just can't imagine, you know, a th- close to 1,000 big rigs pulling up, unloading, and pulling out in snowy conditions. Yeah. You know, like every yeah, year, okay, so it's just got to suck. Here's what I'm looking at, right, is right now it's in January. It's in the heart of the news cycle. You move it to June, it's after auto show season. And on top of that, so like, is it worth going if if the manufacturers don't see it as part of the news cycle? The other thing- They're already screwed. I mean, it's really out of the news cycle because the high-end car companies are moving it to LA and Milan and- Do they do it in Milan? Geneva. Geneva, Or, or Paris. Uh, they're, they're I moving, just but, picked a random city well, overseas. Yeah. Detroit's always been a major <laughs> one of the players, right? It's, it's LA, it's Detroit, Chicago, New York. Those are the four majors. And mm-hmm. then Texas State Fair on the back end. That's kind of the five major auto shows for- for what we do, and then the international ones, but there's no truck news that we care about there, et cetera. But the other thing of it is, if it's dead of cold in Michigan and you want to take the family out of the house because you got cabin fever, why not head down to the convention center and spend inside 70 degrees looking at awesome cars? Now, in the summertime, it's 75 and beautiful outside. You should be out water skiing and mountain biking and hiking and doing all the other awesome things but you, you can do in But you live in Detroit, so you're not doing any of that. <laughs> you're not. You're well, not. They're trying to turn it into an outdoor festival. I, we'll see. I, I don't know. Um, I like the auto show where it is, and uh, and I enjoy my trips to Detroit. So I guess we'll find out next year what the, uh, what the deal is. But I got a ton of coverage, so huge news for us. The all-new Ram Heavy Duty trucks. I know. And hooked up with our friends from Cummins and got some information Ooh. about the new 6.7. Really? Yes, I did. So let's share that after we speak with our first guest. All right. Now, I wrote a little story about David 
And I guess you saw it and said, hey, let's talk to that guy. Yeah. I is thought this it was... the first gen uh, Cummins guy? It is. So okay. he has a 1993 Dodge okay. Ram W250. And um, I, I don't want to spoil the story. Let's just, can we give him a buzz? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Hello. David, it's Lightning and Holman from the Truck Show Podcast. What's up, man? Hey, what's up, guys? Hey, uh, before we talk to you, we've got an intro, and then I'm going to explain why we played the intro. So hang tight. Here we go. Welcome to the parts department. Screw, nut, filter, oil, grill, tools, wheels, tires, brakes, lights, gears, belts, and your wife warns you not to. Don't you spend our money. And then you'll want to come back. So, David, you're in the parts department, and I'll explain why to Holman, because Holman is confused. I am confused. Because he knew about your truck. I did know about his truck. Your Dodge, your your Gen 1, but he didn't know that your truck basically drove you to start a parts business for Gen 1 owners. I like that. Right? Yeah, I mean, uh, I I wasn't expecting it, but yeah, it happened. So, David, I'd like to uh, I'd like to unfurl the story for everyone. Let's take it back to where you were a um, a square body fan. I think you said that you're uh, you're you told me when I did a little story for uh, the Banks Friday Night Newsletter last week that you I think your dad was a GM fan, and aren't you a GM fan as well? Oh yeah, I mean, I'm I got an an '84 GMC that uh, that I, I have parked in the in the garage right now. And then how did you decide that this, that a, that a Gen 1 Ram was your cup of tea? Honestly, I, I had been looking for, you know, something something that had the, 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 the old 12-valve uh, motor. I was, I was going to do a 12-valve swap in the, uh, in the GMC for a while. I even uh, attempted to do a 24-valve swap and uh, got the motor in and decided uh, not to do it because... Uh, I did some some research on the, the block itself. It was uh, it was that the old '53 block. I don't know if you heard that story or not, but no. Anyway, no. I got rid of it. Uh, yeah, it, what it what it was was is a, a defect in the block. Um, like it's a casting, and whenever I whenever I did the research on it, it it kind of just scared me away from that block, so I got rid of it. And whenever I got rid of that motor, I said, well, you know, I'm still looking for that for that that coming sound that, that you know that that we all love. So I said, well, I'm going to go find me a, an old 12-valve uh, first-gen Dodge. It is and funny, that's where David. where it all started. David, it's weird that Coleman and I have had this discussion before. It's like the Cummins has a sound that is so distinct that I think for guys that grew up around um, around that sound, whether it was in a tractor or whatever, it's just it gets in your blood and in your well, family. It's also and- a feel because, uh, especially <laughs> on the racetracks, you can feel every one of those cylinders firing into the ground. Right, and it's it's <laughs> yeah, right. something about the Cummins, man. It's it's visceral and, uh, well, you and know, causes you know, earthquakes. Whenever I was a kid, whenever I was a kid, um, you know, we all, you know, us car guys, we we grew up with Hot Wheels, right? Heck yeah. Well, so you know, whenever I was a kid, I would emulate that sound. That 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 eighteen wheeler sound that you know uh, the old Peterbilts that you know that that you would hear on the road and that how that, how that, that sound that, that yeah sound. can you relive that for I us? I think David you're gonna have to share that with us. <laughs> <laughs> Come on now, we're putting you on the spot. Give me that Peterbilt sound. Well, I don't know. Maybe <laughs> again. Here's the deal. We're talking to David. Is it Cuvillian? 
Uh, it's actually pronounced Cuvion. It's Cuvion. A, a Cajun French. Okay. So I discovered him on Instagram. Okay. And he was tagging Banks and tagging some other guys who were kind of helping him build this thing. And I didn't really understand why at first. And it'll it'll become very apparent in a second. But his, his Gen 1 is gorgeous. I saw it's, pictures of it. It's unbelievable. It. It's yeah. really beautiful. But it didn't start that way. So, David, explain how you came upon finding this truck, the condition it was in, and that interesting story. Um, I believe it was a, uh, a Facebook marketplace post that I stumbled across. And whenever I clicked on it, um, the, the guy that was, that was selling it, he, uh, of course, you know, this is, this is somebody from, uh, he was from Kansas. So it was, it was a quite a ways away. But, um, after, after looking at the pictures of the truck, you know, I, I messaged him and come to find out he had more than one first gen on his property he he uh he had this this uh you know this farm where you know he had like a few of these things he had a flatbed um he had two uh, 93s identically optioned uh w250s for sale and and one whenever i was talking to the guy i was like well you know send me pictures of both you know who knows i might i might like one or the other and uh so he started sending me all these pictures and come to find out, one had really low miles, but the paint was original. So it had the faded, you know, the faded black and silver. Um, but the blue one, which is the one I came home with, had a really nice paint job on it. It was only like a, a year or two old. Uh, it had a little bit more miles on it, but it was still clean. You know, it, it needed some work, but it had a clean paint job and I figured, okay, well that's a good starting point. And so when you talk to him and you're like, you thought it was a good starting point, but I remember you telling me something about the engine and you said, which one do you like better? How would you tell the difference? Well, and, and one was a manual and one was an automatic, right? Correct. Right. Well, he didn't mention anything until I got there. So I, I had no idea what this thing, I just, you know, I figured it was just a, just a regular 12 valve motor, just stock. Mm -hmm. um, it, it wasn't until I got there and I drove this thing, and I noticed that it had more pep than the other one. And so, so he had no clue that it had a, a full Banks power pack on it. He he didn't refer to it as a Banks power pack because there's no there was no badging on the truck. The only thing that said Banks on it was the gauges on the in the interior. And I believe you had a turbo gauge and an exhaust temp gauge, right? The boost and the pyro. Yeah. So you were you probably were like, huh. Okay, and so was it the power that sold you on that particular truck? Was did that seal the deal? Yeah, and blue is my favorite color. And like I said, it was a, it had that, that fresh paint job. So I was like, well, this is a good starting point. Well, let's I'm, uh, I'm a, I'm a, well, I was gonna say let's set the stage just so we're talking about your blue truck. So it's a first gen uh, long bed regular cab Ram, and it has a white roof uh, just to where the uh, the weld seam is for the roof piece, and the truck is black, but the sides of it are this really cool blue color, and then you have some, looks like a powder-coated or painted white steelies uh, with no slots or holes in them with some BFG all-terrains. And it ends up just looking like this really bitchin' like retro, but you've got modern lights and stuff on it. So it's like the perfect mix of a classic truck that has just a few little modern things to make it exactly. awesome. The stance is right. But I saw the picture of your interior, and it's insane. Like, did you pull plastic off of that to uh, when you got it? I mean, because it is unbelievably perfect. He gets the truck home, 
Holman. He realizes it. It's got this Banks equipment on it, and this is not a Banks commercial, but it's really rare stuff. It's obsolete now. You can't get oh, it obsolete anymore. Obsolete for for, for, years, for many decades, years. maybe exactly. Yeah. So he doesn't realize how rare the stuff is until he tries to buy some. You know, and he he, he reaches out to to me. Uh, we start talking over Facebook or an Instagram. I'm like. Man, we haven't made that stuff in years, and he, and he's like, well, I, luckily I don't need the parts because it all runs great. Yeah, and he made himself a new set of power uh, power pack badges. Yeah, the billet badges the doors, on the, the side. Badges, yeah, exactly. Awesome. And then that just dovetails into the other stuff that he's making. So he then starts one seven nine garage dot com, one seven nine for his birth date. I found out. Oh, there you uh, go. And he's got his Instagram. <laughs> David's Instagram is at one seven nine garage. Again, 179garage.com, and tell our listeners what, you, what you're making now because you had to make one-offs for your truck, and now you start getting calls and other Gen 1 owners want your stuff. And by the way, if you go to his website, the stuff that he has is really cool. It's super clean. Yeah, the, it, it, it kind of all started with uh, you know me searching for these parts and either not being able to find it or these guys that did have them and and by the way, they, you got some guys out there that just hoard these products. I don't I don't know why they don't want to get rid of them, but for whatever reason, you know, they either don't want to get rid of them, or if they do want to get rid of them, they're going to sell it to you for an outrageous price. And I just wasn't willing to pay that price. And so, so. what is uh, what what's the first part you made, and what's the and what's the part you've made the most of? I would have to say the tailgate panels. Oh, that that's what started the whole thing. I made the tailgate panel for my truck because. Uh, whenever the truck had had been painted, uh, it didn't have a uh, a clean tailgate panel on it. So they the, the guy must have left it off, and it had the holes, you know, the the, the factory holes. So I had this clean looking truck with a nice paint job, and it had holes in the tailgate. I hate that. And I, and I ran it. Yeah, I ran it like that for a little while. I had the Dodge Ram letters on the tailgate for a while. And I said, man, I got to find something that'll cover up these holes. And you know, you start digging around online for. Uh, the original tailgate panels, and they're either banged up because these trucks were workhorses, right? Absolutely. So they're, they're, they're dented, scratched, and people still want, you know, hundreds and hundreds of dollars for them. And I just wasn't willing to pay that. So I said, okay, well, what can I do about it? And I just came to the realization that I can make this myself. And it's not, you know, it's not the OEM uh, fit and finish of, you know, what you would see on a factory uh, Dodge truck, but it replicates the look of one, and it's very clean. It's very perfect looking. It mounts very similar. You know, it complements the truck. Whenever you, whenever you have a nice paint job, it complements the look of the truck. And it fills in those holes, because who wants holes <laughs> in their truck, right? Exactly. And you're also doing interior pieces, correct, David? That's right. Yeah, I, I do the interior uh, door panel inserts, and for the guys that you know, these, these base model uh, trucks that aren't the LE models, they don't come with the, the wood grain dash bezels. So what I did was I basically took a factory wood grain overlay, made my own template, and now I'm making, you know, user-friendly dash bezel overlays that anybody can just stick over their original dash. How many parts are you offering right now? Holman, are you on the website? I am on the website. Yeah, I'm checking it out. Are you gonna care? You care to share anything with us? Oh, no, there, I, I, no, I'm talking to Holman. Yeah, I'm enjoying you, this on my own. No. Not you, David. I'm, I'm, I'm giving uh, Holman a hard time for he's staring at the computer just like with his mouth agape. I'm like, you gonna you gonna well, share some I, of that I, with there's us? There's some cool stuff. There's a uh, first gen Dodge uh, push bumpers. There's uh, my fa- personal favorite because okay, so those of you in California know that there is a a reflective sticker 
that has California certified clean idle on all new diesel trucks. Yeah, it sucks. And he makes a sticker for the reasonable price of 20 bucks that has not the shape of California, but rather the shape of Louisiana. And it says certified dirty idol. Well done. I'm a fan. And um, <laughs> uh, of course, we talked about the dash bezel overlays in, uh, in red, looks like an aluminum finish, blue, wood grain. Uh, definitely a bunch of uh, tailgate panels, including a, a like murdered out black one, not just the, the aluminum one that you may have seen. And some of the hard to find uh, emblems, like the Dodge emblem. So yeah, there's a there's a bunch of cool stuff in here. Oh, and another one of my personal favorites, the OEM Mopar cab light installation template. Because those trucks don't look right without the clearance lights on them. Ah, and, uh, right. and he has the template so that you can throw that on your first gen gotcha. Dodge. Gotcha. So uh, seriously, D- David's D- doing the uh, the Lord's, the work, Lord's work. Yeah, <laughs> D- David, how many of these trucks are on the road these days? Do you have any any, any clue? Like how many are, how many have been crushed or in you know in barns or rusted out? Like. Um, I mean, around here, they're they're not very uh, they're, they're not very popular. But as I've you know about about a year into this, I've I've realized that there's more out there than you think, and and they actually got quite a few on Instagram that are top notch. I mean, there, there's guys out there that that really take pride in these trucks. Now, your Instagram is is one bad first gen, right? Yeah, that that's me too. That that was just something that I started. Uh, before the 179 garage thing that just kind of posts nothing but the truck. Yeah, one bad first gen. The truck's gorgeous. Like, I I would drive that truck. I want a first gen uh, Ram because that's basically the look. I love that. I love those big, wide, steely wheels. How does it ride? Uh, well, um, at first, <laughs> it, it, rode like, it, it rode like a covered wagon, to be honest with you. Okay. <laughs> Uh, and but, now, uh, would you and what'd you do to soften it up? Well, I, I changed out the, those old twenty-six-year-old springs, um, the lead springs front and back to uh, the soft ride springs, and uh, it, it rides a lot nicer now. So, you know, it's still not a Cadillac, but I mean, you know, this this truck's meant to be, uh, you know, driven, you know, the, the way it is. It's an it's an old, old school technology. I feel like I'm going back in time when I when I when I drive it, and I, that's my old school, you know, mentality. I'm I'm a, I'm a square body type of guy, you know, with the GMC, the '84 GMC. It's funny that we're round know. body kind of guys. Uh, he meant trucks. Oh, I see. <laughs> I just because that is we're fat. Yeah. Hey, what years, David? Did they make these? So you have a '93 first gen. When? What was that year range? Only about know? forty. Was it 40 <laughs> well, years? it was, it was <laughs> a lot. The, as far as like the '93 model, um, the '91 and a half to '93 is uh, is a. Uh, that's when they updated the uh, the grills, the front ends, and things like that. But I mean, these trucks, this body style goes back even further than that. Uh, Eighty-one to ninety-three. Gotcha. So a lot right. of years, a lot of years. But man, yeah, they didn't they didn't start putting the Cummins in it until until eighty-nine, I believe. Yep, it's the thirtieth uh, anniversary this year. Yeah, thirtieth yeah. anniversary right, of the right. Cummins in the first gen. So, oh my uh, gosh! In fact, uh, we have a a, a conversation uh, interview I did at the Tr- Detroit Auto Show coming up after uh, David here. Cummins is celebrating their hundredth anniversary this year, also, uh-huh. and so we might uh, might be doing something with them on that. We might want to pair David up with Cummins. I, I'm telling you, yeah. Well, David, you'll have to uh, keep tabs because uh, in uh, Columbus, Indiana, later this year, uh, the details aren't out yet, but they're going to do a Cummins uh, roundup. It's going to be a weekend up there, hundredth anniversary of the brand, and oh, it's the thirtieth anniversary of the, of them putting a medium duty engine in a pickup truck, which. Arguably changed the course of of trucks forever. Forever, right? 
So it did. Uh, yeah, it really did. Fantastic, so, guys. We'll have to keep uh, keep tabs on Cummins because there's some uh, great news coming <laughs> that you can't share. <laughs> you can't share. Holman can Holman can never share anything because he's embargoed because he's a journalist. So he signs all these non disclosure agreements. He knows all this stuff, and then he comes on the show and he goes. Sorry, I can't divulge any of it. I'm like, what? You're worthless, dude. He just teases all the time. <laughs> so, David, 179garage.com is where um, people should go if they want to check out your wares. At 179garage is is you on Instagram. So, David, I appreciate you coming on and sharing your, uh, your first gen with us, and you guys should all have a look. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me on. Well done, brother. Have a good one, and uh, enjoy the heck out of that truck. I know you are, but, but I'm jealous because it's hard to find really clean ones like that, and, and you've got a special one there. Thank you. I appreciate it. Cool. All Thanks, right, brother. Dave. Talk to you soon. All right, man. Kind of cool seeing one of those uh, old trucks on the road. You know what I mean? Especially as cherry as David's is. Yeah, it's super clean. It's it's like I said, it's hard to find those. Holman, why is there a uh, a, a five inch tall bust, plastic bust of Abraham Lincoln on the table? Why not? Great president. No, I'm serious. Like, why is it, it wasn't there like two hours ago? Uh, I just pulled it out of my backpack. I know. I get it. Like, why is it here in our studio and where did you get it? Because I had to take it out of my backpack to get to the recorder for the interviews. And, and why is it here? Why did you buy it? What is oh, it? Oh, oh, oh. Why does it exist? Yes. Okay, so here's the deal. You youngins out there won't remember this, but when Lightning and I were kids, when we would go to a museum, there was... You can, Not the penny crusher. Nope. The penny crusher is another favorite. You put the quarter in, you yep. put a penny in, and then you crush the penny to have the logo. Right. I went to the Henry Ford Museum in uh, in Detroit, which is amazing. So then why didn't you bring back a bust of Henry Ford? I could have. There's one right. of him standing. There's the uh, They have uh, John F. Kennedy's uh, presidential limo. Okay. Uh, a bunch of different ones. But okay. they have these machines, and I'll never forget. I think it was like at Lion Country Safari, which you'll remember as a kid which was like this safari park barely where you would drive through in your car and the lions would jump through your window and attack you. Yes, right. Um, but I, I will never forget there's these machines. And they are um, about five feet wide, mm-hmm. probably about five feet tall, mm-hmm. and encased under plexiglass are these giant molds, metal I've molds. I've seen those machines. Yes. Oh, my God, I remember that. <laughs> and, and, and the hot The, the hot, hot plastic. plastic, and you can oh. smell it, right? And the two sides of the mold come together and it injects hot plastic to form whatever the mold is. Yes. And I was having a moment where I saw this machine and it reminded me of my childhood. Yeah. And I didn't have any money on me and it takes Apple Pay. <laughs> so literally, <laughs> I I went up to it with my watch, double tapped my watch, did my Apple Pay, and Abe Lincoln's head came out. It was awesome. <laughs> so I had to bring that back because it was three bucks. Okay. And I don't care. It was the best three bucks I've spent in like weeks. All right. So hold on a second. <laughs> so on our table right now, uh-huh. we have a a a, a cake. Uh huh. Well, with a, a piece missing because I just ate. Did you just say it? Yeah. Uh, during that interview, uh-huh. uh, I was eating. Yeah. Sorry. Sorry, David. During that interview, <laughs> I was having cake. So then uh, we have cake, and then we have Dr Pepper in these. What are those like eight ounce bottles? Uh, something I don't like know. That? Eight, eight, six eight ounce bottles, right? Yeah, something like that. that. Your dad brought yeah, the Dublin Dr Pepper, the real stuff. And then we have a few Wiener Schnitzel cups because and, we didn't know the stuff was coming, so right, we went the exactly. Wiener Schnitzel pregame. And then, we, and to top it off, the uh, the Abe Lincoln bust. plastic bust. Uh-huh. Yeah. So, but you know what's funny is it, just the <laughs> smell of that hot plastic being forced under pressure in that hot metal mold. Yeah. I'm almost like, oh man, it brings me back to being five again. <laughs> Isn't that weird how sounds and smells, smells can yeah. do that? Uh, I bet you think that's what David, when he hears a Cummins coming down the road, is that why farts are so funny? <laughs> Uh, farts are funny because they're funny. <laughs> funny. Except on airplanes. Uh, no, no, yeah, don't do did that. You, did you see my airplane rant? No. Oh, 
God. I've flown like 500,000 miles, and this was the first time I ever had to go off on somebody. On a passenger or a- Yeah, I lost it. Completely lost it. What happened? Uh, so I'm sitting on a- uh, we're, we're Sorry, we're taking a little side. We know it's the Truck Show podcast. Yeah, we travel. We're we going to get it. back to trucks. Back to the, uh, you know, coming home from the North American International Auto Show, and I'm on a Boeing 717, and I'm in my window seat on the three-seat side, because it's two and three is the way the seats are on those, and there's a girl. So it's two and three, not three and three. Uh-huh, two okay. and three. And some girl sits on the aisle, and we look at each other like, oh, we have the middle seat open. This is going to be great. And just before they close the door, here comes a spazzy guy with a way overstuffed bag and another way overstuffed bag. And he comes in, he tells the girl, I'm sitting there, you need to move. And she just likes that. Yeah, like embarrassed. She looks at me, and I look at her like, what a jerk. And he opens up the thing to put one of his bags away and Mm -hmm. starts moving other passengers bags around to fit his and is shoving it in. And like everybody's looking at him with like the, hate the in their overhead eyes. storage is small as it it's, is. It's already bad. So here you have a guy with two giant bags who's got a bad attitude. And so he comes in and the girl moves and he can't physically fit his giant overstuffed bag between the bottom of the seat cushion and the seat back in front of us. Mm. So I'm sitting here watching this and you know how the your seat bottoms are like flotation devices? He rips it off to shove his bag in that slot down where his feet would go. What? And so then he puts it back. And he starts pounding on it like this to try and get the Velcro to seat, but the the, the seat's crooked. And he can't figure it out. He took the girl's seatbelt and put the seat cushion on top of it. And she's like, hey, dude, that my seatbelt's under the seat cushion. He's like, what? She goes, I, I can't buckle up. My your your cushion's on top of the uh, on top of my belt. So he gets all spazzy and gets up, turns around whips me in the face with his jacket that's hanging off of his his hip because it's got nowhere to go. (laughs) And then he finally, she sits down, he sits down. I feel like everything's right in the world except he's taller than me and has no leg room. So now he sits completely splayed out with his legs completely intruding on my space. So for the next two and a half hours, I'm completely contorted and I'm twisted all the way against the wall of the plane to get away from his leg. To get away from everything about him. And so his seat's up. I put my seat belt back or my seat back back, which allows my shoulders to be behind his shoulders. I'm like, at least it's tolerable. About 10 minutes, 15 minutes coming into the airport. He reclines. Flat, nope. Flaps are down. Gears down. Airport in sight. Flight attendants say, put your seat backs in their upright position. So I do that. Now our shoulders are mano y mano. And I square myself in my seat. It's 10 minutes. I'll just deal with the fact that we're touching each other. And he looks at me and he goes, hey, you need to move your elbow. No, he did not. And I looked at him. I said, excuse me? He goes, you need to move your elbow. So what are you talking about? He goes, this side of the armrest is mine. And I completely what? lost it at that point. And so I basically oh, said- no. Are you the guy that gets kicked off the flight for uh, going crazy? Well, I, I told him, are you effing kidding me? This entire flight, you've hit people in the back of the heads with your bag. You've caused a scene, you've been rude to people, and your legs have been in my seat the entire time. So let me tell you something. No, my elbow's not moving. It's perfectly happy where it is right now, and we're just going to call it a trade for the footsie you've been playing with me the entire flight. And I told him, I haven't said anything for you to last two hours, and unloaded on him. I I may have used some uh, choice expletives expletives in there. (laughs) And people started clapping. Oh, yes! (laughs) Was this like... Maybe this is a little more than. Oh, there were uh, there were snickers from the gallery around us. There were people smiling, people looking over their seat and like giving me the nod. Totally told this guy off. 
And he looks at me and he goes, whatever, dude. And right there I knew I had won. And I moved my shoulders out a little prouder, <laughs> got into his space. I think I was touching his rib cage until landing. And I uh, went up to the girl who was on the end and I apologized to her. I said, I'm really sorry I did that. She goes, how much audacity does someone have to have? He made me feel so uncomfortable. Thank you. And so I feel vindicated. Oh, that's great. <laughs> There's my, that's my airline a, flying story. That's a good story. And no that cops. Guy, well, that guy is a, just a yeah, douche. I don't know who you are, but if I ever sit next to you again, sir. Just punch him. Oh, so if, oh, yeah, if it wasn't air travel today. <laughs> there would have been a brawl in twenty <laughs> row twenty twenty <laughs> A and twenty C. Oh, man. Uh, can you come over here, please? Yeah, no, it's twenty A and twenty B. Twenty oh, C right. was on my side. Oh yeah, I think she would have done the light work though. I think I would have gotten him down, and she probably would have gotten a few kicks in <laughs> right in the groin, <laughs> right, right there. So it, hey, what time is it? It's inbox time. Yeah, you email. Yeah, I email. Do it. We email. That's right. Everybody email. Type it up. First question I have over there is, why do I have a picture of a uh, wiener? Uh, I think you need to read the email, and okay. it's not actually a picture of a wiener. Okay, all right. This phallic, though. Am I starting? Go. All right, this one's called uh, Really Ford. What are your engineers watching at work? <laughs> so, real quick, I was helping a buddy replace a horrible oil leak on his 2005 F-150 with a 5.4 liter. It was spraying oil from near the oil filter, and it turns out there's a housing neck that connects the oil filter to the block, and it was bad. So I look up the gasket online, and I can't help but wonder, <laughs> what were the Ford engineers watching when designing this gasket? <laughs> Does this not look like a certain male appendage? And you've got to be kidding me. There's no way that this is real. Uh, it, really? It's real, yeah. This is nuts and a man's manhood, really, is what this is. I went to an auto parts store asking asking for this gasket, and the counter guy literally said, Oh, the penis gasket. <laughs> still not as bad as a 97 Tacoma water pump gasket, but still pretty funny. And look at the, oh my Lord, look at the 97 Tacoma that water pump is gasket. something else. This is what you have drawn all over the whiteboard in my office <laughs> hundreds of times. So now when HR wonders why all those phalluses are on your whiteboard, you just go, they're Tacoma gaskets. <laughs> or at least that's what I'll say. <laughs> all right, I got one here from, uh, from Chase, and he says, Lightning and Holman. I know you've mentioned a few times the return of the Chevy medium-duty trucks, but I started listening at the first Freiburger episode and have since listened to every episode and haven't heard you talk about the Ford medium-duty trucks. I work for a supplier for the Ford F650 and 750 trucks, the ones that are going to be turned into the big 26-foot U-Haul trucks, flatbed tow trucks, and even dump trucks, and wouldn't mind hearing about them on an episode. Yeah, That's we have uh, ignored them. Sorry yeah, about that. Well, only because there hasn't been anything new in a while. Chevy's you know, making some noise, and uh, their new medium duty, by the way, has the flow tie. I don't know if you've seen that. The flow tie? Yeah, if you go to our Instagram, at Truck Show Podcast, I ha I'm fisting the Chevy flow tie. Okay. It's the Chevy bow tie, but the center has been removed. Are you sure removed. you can say that on a podcast? I'm not sure. Uh, and <laughs> So fist bumping, fist bumping yes. inside of it. Yes. Okay, <laughs> and the middle of the bow tie is gone for airflow, and so Chevy okay. calls it the flow tie. Oh, I see. By the way, I have coined a new term for the Chevrolet script grills. So, it, is, well, hold, well, before you before you okay. divulge this, yes, has anyone picked up on it? Are you truly the first? I am truly the first. And do you think if you run with it, someone are you really coining? I made this? a hashtag on Instagram to prove when I started it. Oh, good I call. have two. And it is, wait, 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 hold on a second. And Holman's new word is 
The Flogo. The Flogo. The flowing logo. Oh, that's stupid. Okay, I got one more. I got one more. I got one more. That wasn't. Are you ready? 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 Right. Let's try one more. And Holman's new word is for the Chevrolet grill that has the Chevrolet spelled out script. It is. Well, you you can't do that whole thing over the over the, over the echo. Oh, no. okay. Let's one more time. I'm ready. I'm ready now. I'm ready. And Holman's word is Chevrolet. Chevrolet. Yes, Chevrolet. No. All right. Next. <laughs> next email. All right. No. No. We're not, we're not done. We're not done here from Chase. Uh, that's oh, sorry, we turned that off. Echo. Sorry, we still have oh. a lot of echo here. Echo. 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 I don't okay, think we knew. Are we in an empty room? Oh, geez, yeah, that's we weird. Okay. He says, uh, the only truck I've owned is a 2013 F-150 XLT extended cab, six and a half foot box with a Coyote motor or the mm. five liter V8 as, uh, as, as it is known and loved it, but it was too much truck. Really? That sounds awesome. Really? <laughs> a regular cab, five liter F-150 sounds badass. Where does he live in like inner city? Uh, like he, I, I don't in know. Manhattan? And he said, I don't know, but he says, uh, a Ranger's better suit for me and I have enjoyed the episodes about the Ranger. I've been looking forward to its return ever since I found out about it back in December of 2015. Unlike you guys, I prefer an extended cab six-foot box over the crew cab five box. I've seen my first 2019 Ranger this past week at the dealership that's three and a half miles from my house. My dad has a 2016 crew cab, short bed frontier, but even though I enjoy driving it and find it comfortable, I'm not sold on it. I know you've mentioned in an episode before about Ford going from the 6.8 liter V10 to a 7 liter V8, and I saw a couple weeks ago about Ford going the 7.3 liter V8 for its gas motor for the F250 to 750 and everything in between. And haven't heard you guys mention anything about it. Hmm. Um, okay, well, um, I, I think Ranger sounds like the right vehicle for you. You might also want to check out the uh, Frontier. I know you said your dad has I'd love one, to know what his decision-making process was. Like, yeah. what the, quote-unquote, too much truck meant to him. I don't you know. know maybe I mean? fuel economy, maybe power, or uh, who or, knows. Or just he, at work, they've got really small parking spaces. Or they have really small parking <laughs> spaces. Um, there's been a bunch of rumors that there's a 7-liter V8 coming. There's been a bunch of rumors that a 7.3 liter V8 is coming, um, and uh, none of them have, uh, let's just say, borne any fruits yet. All right, this one's from Sean. He says, uh, hey guys, Sean Nelson here, and I'm a fleet technician from Aurelia, Aurelia, Ontario, Canada. I, I hope I'm not Aurelia. that. Aurelia? Yeah. See what you did there? Thank you. Can I, <laughs> You're welcome. I need a rim shot. <laughs> uh, let's see. With my job, I work on everything from sidewalk machines to plow trucks to graders and front end loaders. Been listening to the show for the better part of a year and love the new truck tech and the guests, including the legend Gail Banks and Mike Finnegan from Roadkill. As a diesel tech, always cool to hear what's going on in the industry. My current daily is a 2005 Ford F-150 FX4 with the dreaded 5.4. Why dreaded? Uh, it's not dreaded. It's a great motor. The early ones uh, launched spark plugs through the bottom of the hood, though. <laughs> <laughs> okay. they, they had some teething problems early on, but the later uh, three-valve single-overhead cam versions of that engine were, were fine. The mod motor is a great engine. My current project is an 88 Fox body Mustang, but I'm trying to get my hands on a 65 M100 come springtime. Anyway, keep up the great work, and I always look forward to Mondays. Also, I left a five-star review in iTunes. Hey! Five stars. All right. All right. Thanks, Sean. We appreciate that. And uh, I like this one here. Listener from the UK. Another one. Another international what? one. Yeah. So this is from Rich. And Rich says, hey, Lightning and Holman, just wanted to say I'm loving the show and I've been an avid listener since episode 33. Yeah, buddy. Though I'm going through older episodes when not listening to the latest one. Being from the UK and heavily influenced through family, I've grown up around Land Rovers, particularly Series 1 Land Rovers. My dad and granddad owned countless Series 1s over the years, 
owning five or six at once. Wow. Including an XTV 107-inch station wagon, which is used as a camera car and a rare 80-inch recovery truck. That's hey, pretty what? cool. What? What? Yeah, camera car and recovery truck. No, no. What was the vehicle? A wagon? Uh, a 107-inch station wagon. Oh, version okay, of, the, of the uh, of the Land Rover. Okay. And it says, my dad still has his Land Rover, which was his first car over 40 years ago. I've attached a picture of the last time we used it, which was around five years ago. If I listen on iTunes, I definitely leave... Five stars. He says an avid UK listener, and that's Rich. And wow, this thing is so cool. Let me show. Well, Check out. I'm curious why he doesn't listen on iTunes, but I'm also. He might be an Android user. Uh, yeah, yeah, I guess so. Uh, wow, very cool. I wonder how that rides. Uh, like an implement, <laughs> <laughs> but still very cool. I uh, I just I love that old British uh, iron man, and then it's not even iron; it's aluminum. But right. uh, oh, is it really? It's aluminum. Yeah, aluminum body. Fit just super cool. Those old series ones have a ton of personality. And this one's from Joe. Hey, guys, I'm from northern Illinois, and I work at the Chrysler plant in Belvedere, Illinois, where we make the Jeep Cherokee. I started listening to you guys a couple of weeks ago, and I love the show, especially the diesel stuff. I've owned a couple of diesels, a 95 F350 crew cab long bed, 7.3 liter, an O2 F350 7.3. My current truck is a 16 Cummins. I look forward to hearing more from you guys. Uh, if you have any shirts, I wear a Schmedium. And uh, thanks, guys. Joe? And he says... Five stars! Sweet. Awesome. And his uh, ram is pretty cool. He's uh, He's got the um, Stormtrooper look going on there. So the blacked out grill, oh, yeah. black wheels, white body. I've uh, got a gun that looks like that. That uh, Good call, Joe. <laughs> All right, we've got one from Matt here. He says, what up, Holman Lightning? Whoa, yeah. Wait, 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 wait. Stop. Uh-huh. All right, so I flipped over the page. Is this the interior? Is this Joe's engine? That's his engine bay, yeah. Joe, we have a Big problem. Big ass turbo. Joe, we have a problem. Uh-oh. So, Joe, I'm, uh, I feel like I'm peeking under the skirt here. I'm looking under your hood, and I see. So you've got a Whirly Custom Fab. That's a WC Fab pipe on here leading into your custom orange powder-coated turbo, and you have a filter exposed. Uh-oh. I can see your filter. Is he going to get a lightning demerit here? You're going to get a lightning demerit. I love your truck, but this is not a cold air intake. That is, in fact, a hot air intake. This is a hot air intake. So when your hood is down and your engine bay is heat-soaked, you're sucking in all that hot air. So I recommend, and I'm not going to promote any particular brand, even though I work for one, (laughs) I suggest you seek out an actual cold air intake, and you're going to have to get a rubber coupler and mate it to your Whirly Custom Fab pipe. It can be done. I've seen it. And do it. You're going to pick up some horsepower uh, next email, please. All right. Thank you, Professor Lightning. We appreciate that. <laughs> hey, this one's from Matt, and he says, What's up, Holman and Lightning? No, nope, yeah! no, no, not cool. Yeah, Mm-mm. Holman and Lightning, right here. I'm not even reading I, it. I mean, what I realize I'm just reading that. what's on the paper. Oh, not cool. Just reading what's on the paper. No, I'm tuning out. First, he says, uh, Thanks, Holman, for sharing your pre flight ritual of touching the plane as you board. Uh, those of you who follow us on uh, Truck Show Podcast on Instagram, uh, I posted a picture asking if anybody else has any weird pre-flight rituals because I'm always flying around the country. Mm-hmm. And mine is to pat the plane on my way in and just think mentally inside, good plane. Okay. And I had a lot of people, a lot of likes, and a lot of people going, dude, I'm the, I do the same thing. Pat so, the plane? Pat the plane. We have a lot of plane patterns out there. I have sex with the plane. That's weird. <laughs> <laughs> and he says, I've now found myself doing the same thing. You might be riding in a plane that I've left a piece of me uh, on. Well, let me just put it <laughs> this way. I think that... Um, don't ever go on a plane after landing. <laughs> Wait, we're flying together to Lone Star Throwdown. Uh, yeah, we yeah, are. Yeah, I'm not sitting by you. <laughs> I am not sitting by you. All right, says, uh, on to the point of the email. I work for a major car manufacturer and sell their vehicles at auction houses throughout the U.S. When you are at an auction house, you never know what you'll find. 
This trip didn't have anything special, but since I was in Nashville, which I am not mistaken is the home of your podcast sponsor, that would be mm, Nissan. Sure is. Yeah. Uh, he says, uh, there were many Nissans to be found at the auction house. He says, I've owned trucks since he was 16, and they're all Fords. In recent years, I've had the pleasure to drive other brands for extended periods of time, and the new Ram is awesome, but that's not the point of my email. I've never looked twice at the Japanese trucks until today. Because of your high praise and your friends with Nissan, I decided to actually open the door and sit in one. It was an XD with the Cummins, notice no G. From my short time in the cab of the truck, it had a nice layout and seemed very comfortable. Wasn't able to drive it, but I have to say it was really nice. I might have to go and talk with a slimy dealer to see if I can take one for a spin. Downside is I'm from Detroit, so I'll have to see if we have any Nissan dealers anywhere close where I live. Thanks for the great entertainment. I love the cheese jingles. Keep up the job. Suckage is way down end. Five stars. Oh, right. Wait, now why did he say, was he talking about all dealers are, are sleazy? <laughs> I'm, I'm guessing that. That's not true. That's not true. I heard that the uh, Nissan dealers in Detroit. Super not sleazy. Super not sleazy. Yeah, awesome Super dealers. Cool. Yeah, absolutely. You should go and, and test drive that new Titan. That's right. And this one is from uh, David, and it's uh, just titled LST. And, oh, man, this is a really long email. You, oh got, boy. you got time? I got time. All right, here we go. Stoked to hear you guys will be at LST. Five stars! Five stars! <laughs> that was it. All right. I got one from uh, John here, and he says, Hey, fellas, I'm a 27-year-old racing mechanic. Hey, I gotta, we go back to this, LST. So yeah. Lone Star Throwdown, I just kind of blew this off, but we, we are going to be there, yeah. and we kind of BSed about having a meetup. No, and, I, don't want, I, I, want I, to be, I want it to do it. Did we get any email or anything about no. where we should have a meetup? So we're going to have to figure it out on our own and then invite people. Uh, okay. I've never been, so I don't know where the happening uh, place is. <sighs> It's or not, what night? Do we do Friday it's not night? In, do we do so Saturday? It's in, it's in Conroe, yeah. which is, I didn't spend a lot of time in Conroe proper, but it seemed like Conroe was pretty small. Yeah. And the spot where I think we're staying is in, it's either the Woodland or Woodlands. Okay. And it's about 20 minutes, I think, south. All right. And I think that's the cool spot where I'll like, the breweries are and whatnot. Well, then that's what we need to figure out. That's what I'm thinking. All right. And we need to figure out, is it better to do it Friday night in pregame or is it better to do Saturday after the uh, after the event? Mm, that's a tough one. We have to find Everybody out. there on Friday? We need to talk to the guys the at vendors, LST. The vendors are all there on Friday. I wonder if we could party in Vendor Row or something like that. Yeah, but that was, they're all so busy and everyone's So you trying think to, we should be offside somewhere? I think so. Yeah, I well, think we should just we gotta do we got to talk a, about this because it's happening. We're going to be there. Yeah. And I want to meet our uh, our listeners, so. I will, we'll, we'll wrap this up and we'll announce it at the next show. All right. We have some homework to do. Yes, we do. All right. Uh, John says, hey, fellas, I'm a 27-year-old racing mechanic who's competed in events such as Le Mans, Dakar, Baja, Daytona 24, and more, and as an off-road truck fanatic. I've been listening to the podcast since the beginning. It's very refreshing to hear some positive and no BS truck info coming from insiders like you guys. Holman's connections coupled with lightning's hype makes the guest interviews, news, and entertainment second to none. The entrepreneurial focus of your show and your guests have inspired me to finally make the leap to start my own business. Oh, really? He says- um, I love entrepreneurs. Yeah. He says, after many years of consideration, he says, I'm now contracting for race shops and teams of every discipline as my own boss, and I hope to run into you guys at an event someday soon, maybe KOH. As a little kid, I dreamed of one day writing for the off-road and truck magazines that I loved and treasured so much. And while I've not quite gotten there yet, I want you guys to know that your show has helped push me a little further to achieve my goals. Sincerely, John G. Yeah, it's very cool. And and are you looking for any writers at Motor Trend yeah, we, or the we Truck Trend have, Network? Yeah, we always have uh, you know, room freelance for freelancers room? and stuff. Yeah. Okay. Uh, he does say, P.S., 
Your jingles suck so bad that they're kind of good. My <laughs> wife can't stop singing them, but I'm giving you five stars, so you may now high five if you'd like. <laughs> and we would. Here we go. Five stars. <laughs> Sweet. Uh, well, guess what, John? I got a new jingle tonight. Holman doesn't even know about. <laughs> oh, jeez. Yes. This one's from Nathan. Hey, Lightning and Holman. I've been binge listening from episode one since October, and I'm all cut up, and I can't thank you guys enough, especially Holman, uh, for commenting to give you guys another shot. So what's he talking about, Holman? Yeah, so uh, on social, I don't remember who. It might have been a Fryburgers or on Finnegan's, but uh, they had posted, hey, I'm, I'm on the Truck Show Oh, podcast. and he came with some hate, and he's yeah, like, oh, and he's like, like you guys, I cannot do it. And I said, hey, man, we're like an acquired taste. Just give us, find a couple episodes, like, give us a shot, report back. And he's like, you know what? I I, uh, I enjoy that. So well, uh, that was cool. Wow. So he says, uh, the Gale episode is hands down the best uh, podcast ever. Wow. And will never be topped. Gale is a personal hero of mine. I've looked up to him for many years. He's practically done everything you can think of with cars and trucks. Driving to work, listening to the Gale episode, I felt like I was there in the room chatting with all three of you. Lightning. Please cherish every moment you have working at Banks. It's a dream come true for so many of us listening. You two are awesome at podcasting and no suckage at all. I love the jingles. So, yeah, buddy. <laughs> yeah, buddy. Yeah, and, that's awesome. And Thank he you. asked for a... Take care and God bless. And that is from uh, Nathan in Knoxville, Tennessee. Well, I've got one from Peter T. here. He says, Lightning and Holman, thanks for reading my email about Pismo and the Peter. Peter by the way, Peter T. is like a, uh, a hip-hop song, <laughs> yeah. right? Yo, yo, what up, what Peter What on, T. Peter T.? <laughs> he says, uh, thanks for reading my email about Pismo and the P-Runner a couple episodes back. And I heard my five-star hotline message about working on my dad's truck as a kid. I was commuting in my Bronco. He says, it was great hearing the news on the Ford Interceptor upgrades in episode 48. I've been a Leo, law enforcement officer. In Northern California for eight years. I started out in the Crown Vicks, which were comfy and fun to drive, but definitely a slug compared to our newer cars. Now we have some EcoBoost Tauruses, which introduced me to Torx Deer. Surprise! Torx Deer. <laughs> he said, but being 6'4", I would have to give... <laughs> Surprise. Surprise. <laughs> says, but being 6'4", I would have to yoga myself in and out of them. He says, the Explorers... 6'4". Yeah, big dude. Is rough. Yeah, I don't want to mess with him on the street. He says, uh, the Explorers, whoops, Interceptors, right, because we don't call them Explorers, yep, yep, yep. still perform better than the Vix, but are roomy enough for me. More ballistic protection is always appreciated. Having a rep from the Interceptor program would be awesome on the show. I think we could set that up. If people I, if people are interested in some of the police vehicles, uh, I'd love to. I've got some contacts on the OE and police side who might come and talk to us about how they do police vehicle testing, or if you guys are interested in the trucks, we can sure. let us know. I, I know we have a lot of law enforcement officers out there. Love to set something up for the show. He says, another great guest might be someone at Lenco. They make badass armored personnel carriers that our SWAT team and many others use. Ours is based on an F-550 chassis with the 6.7 power stroke, four-wheel drive, and weighs 18,000 pounds. He says, I'm sure they would have a good story, and their vehicles can handle hits from a 50 caliber BMG round. I'd love to have been a part of the testing procedure. <laughs> yeah. What kind of brakes are they running on that thing? Oh, man. Giant. Because how do you slow that sucker down? Well, how do you speed it up? Well, that's true. <laughs> yeah. He says, here's a, pic of our, uh, here's a pic of our Lenco MedCat. My daughter loves it, too. Keep up the great work. And uh, that's from Peter T. And, Flip uh, that around. Let me see. He says, uh, Peter T., thank you uh, so much for, uh, for your support of the podcast and for your service, my friend. Oh, wow. That is straight out of a movie. We love, uh, we love our law enforcement officers. I know a lot of you guys are out there listening right now in uh, your patrol car in the city or on the highway or wherever you happen to be, and uh, and we love our cops, so uh, we're glad that we can uh, give you guys a little bit of entertainment. I've never heard of them referred to as Leos before. Is, am, yeah. I, am I stupid? Like, uh, it is, it's an inside thing. If you're in, if okay. you're in law enforcement, Leo is sort of a, a regular term. Got it. On the front here, in the center of the bumper, 
Is that a breech plate here? Look, um, let's see. On it's like an, it's like a stop sign about it's, but it's only about a foot wide. Oh yeah, those things are made to go through things. Is that what it is? <laughs> yeah, they're, uh, they're they're pretty stout. There's uh, there's no denying that. That's uh, uh, from Riley, and he writes, uh, "I found the show today, and I give it wow. You ready for this? Okay. I found this show today. Okay." And I give it five stars. Hey, five, five stars. stars! And so next week he'll write back and say, and I heard it yesterday and gave <laughs> and it four. It. And he says, I am 15, but I'm wondering, oh, wow. if, I'm wondering if you guys can talk about the 6.9 diesel because my brother has one for his first truck and he would like to learn some more about it. Thank you very much for your time and have a wonderful day. And that's from Riley. Oh, yeah. So that's the 6.9 liter diesel. Yeah, that would be the, uh, the Ford pre-Power Stroke days. Okay. And uh, that's a... Uh, I mean, it's a workhorse. It's not that's a lot of wild. Power. I, you know, you, you don't even think of like pre-power stroke, right? Days. And that's because power stroke was the direct injection, and these are indirect inje- injected uh, diesels, right? And yeah, we haven't really covered them, so maybe we'll we'll do a. We might want to do like there's an, a love a lot of guys that love the IDI. What if we right? did, yeah? What if we did an IDI episode and we got some uh, people in who you know? I'm gonna write that down. There are businesses, to... Holman, that just specialize in IDIs, right? Oh, absolutely. Your pen doesn't work. You want mine? No, I got it. I got it. Okay. So uh, I, I'm writing it down because every time you guys give us an idea. Uh, we uh, we put it on the list and try and uh, set something up for uh, future episodes. So uh, we're uh, we've got guests for 150 episodes to come. Jesus, uh, that <laughs> that's a lot. I'm just saying, there's a lot of guests to get to. So I uh, I appealed to our our uh, listener base mm-hmm. over uh, over the past week on Instagram because we were at like 299 reviews, and I'm like. Hey guys, we're at 299 reviews. Who's gonna get us over 300? Please put us over the top, dude. We have like 30 people check in on uh, on giving us reviews, so I wanted to read a few of them because they're freaking hilarious. <laughs> I, I like this one. Great show. Stole my wife's phone to get to 300 and <laughs> five, five stars. stars. Sweet. And this guy says, uh, "This is uh, Lee Potatoes." <laughs> says, "Great podcast." Wait, what's his name? Lee Potatoes. Oh, Lee Potatoes. And he Love says, that. "Great podcast for all things truck." Yeah, buddy. Yes. And that's all. Yeah, buddy. Five, five stars. stars. Right. And we got one here uh, who says, uh, "Exceeds my parameters." <laughs> parameters. <laughs> he says, I wonder how many people are tuning in that know that jingle, but know, don't know, they the don't know where story. it came from. Well, you just have to keep listening. Well, we, we explained it a couple ago. Go back and listen to our show. Yeah, go back yeah, and yeah, listen. Yeah, yeah. We, 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 yeah, go back to the original That's um, it. I feel UCC like we, show. I know. I feel like we explain it on a regular basis. It should be like the secret handshake to the Truck Show podcast. I guess so. So the answer, if you want the full answer, go back and listen to the uh, Ultimate Callout Challenge episode. Because it, yeah, it called it used, that? yeah, it was uh, UCC episode. Well, it's in the uh, title description. Okay. Yeah, I don't remember what episode it was, but it's in. It the was episode. early on. Yeah. In our infancy. This guy says exceeds my parameters and <laughs> also gave us five stars. Okay, good. He says I'm a little behind the time since listening from the beginning, and I'm only up to episode 14. But this podcast rocks. Living in Maine, I'm not exposed to the level of off-road industry, technical trails, or fan base that other parts of the country are. This makes the Truck Show podcast that much better, keeping us maniacs <laughs> up to date on trends, <laughs> technology, and See, new offerings. They, he lives in Maine, he, so right, they're maniacs. maniacs. He says, I hope this uh, is the uh, three. I wish I had. He's a maniac. maniac. Yeah. And then we would get sued by their label. Oh, yeah. He says, I hope this is the 300th review and... Five stars. stars. Oh, we screwed that one. Let's make it. Well, there's plenty more here. So, okay. okay. It's all right. Uh, Travis from Wisconsin says, love the show. If you love trucks, the show's for you. Five stars. He says, P.S., I downloaded the Apple Podcast app to leave this review. No way. And then we've got, uh, this might be one of the funniest ones that I have ever freaking. Don't don't oversell it. No, no, no. It's it's good. 
The title from Ron John 350 is NASA Level Knowledge Meets Nickelback Quality Jingles. <laughs> <laughs> He <laughs> says, I'm always searching for Nickelback. new rabbits. Back. Oh, Nickel- I know. How dare you? How dare no, no. you? He won the reviews today. Yes, he did. He says, I'm always searching for new <laughs> rabbit holes, so when I heard Ronnie from C10 Talk plug the podcast, I gave it a whirl. The jingles are commercial grade, which means they audibly torture you and remain trapped in your head for hours, oh. but buried in this musical nightmare are actual minutes of nerd-level truck knowledge and intriguing interviews with powerhouse members of the industry. So, uh, <laughs> Roger, we appreciate it. Oh, man. Uh, we got this one from RJ Evans. says, I've known and followed Holman for years, but I have to say Lightning's a great co-host. They play off of each other better than most. The guests have been spectacular and on point with many of my interests. Jeeps, C10s, diesels in general, and EVs, and their up-and-coming role in the industry. I've struggled to find a good show that wasn't one-sided and had a wide variety of topics on trucks, Jeeps, and other 4x4s. And... Five stars! So, awesome. Thank you, everybody who uh, who checked in, and uh, we love hearing from you guys. So, at Truck Show Podcast on Instagram or at Truck Show Podcast on Facebook. And we do it, we interact with you guys whenever we can. And if uh, those of you who talk to us all the time on the socials, you know we're there. But what I really want to hear is I think it's time for. Oh, come on and be part of the show. Call the five star hotline 657 205 6105. It's the five star hotline. Five star hotline. I, I like that one. So I don't know if I'm making. Well, no, I like that one. I do like Omar's work on that one. Well, oh, we still need a new uh, uh, inside job jingle because uh, I have people lined up and we need to get. Uh, we need to get that. Well, one. I'm gonna have to make one because he won't. He won't. No, <laughs> it's not. In, well, he didn't put his foot down or anything like that. He's just like he wasn't inspired to make one. Yeah, and it wasn't. Uh, so I, we're, I'm gonna have to go into the lab. Oh, what's the lab like? Uh, I mean, it's dank. Is it? Is yeah. it underground? Uh, I mean, yeah, it's a little bit. Is it like one of those labs where everything's really white and clean and like you have like uh, glass vials and things bubbling? Or is it one of those ones where it's like dark and dank and cobwebs and there's a green dude with like sh- uh, stitches all over him on a table? Well, this one has a mannequin wearing um, human skin. That's gross. Okay, yeah. <laughs> uh, go to our, let's go to our first. Uh... Hey, this is Hayden Tree from Richfield, Idaho, and I just wanted to give you your first five stars. Oh, sweet! From the cab <laughs> of a blue New Holland tractor. Yeah! So, just wanted to let you guys know that every time I climb in the tractor, I listen to you guys. So, thanks for making my uh, workload a little funner. All right, thanks. That's I love awesome. it. We and love being fun. By the way, anytime that somebody calls, uh, by the way, anytime somebody crawls into a tractor, it makes our life funner too. Mm-hmm. Six five seven two zero five sixty one zero five. The heck? Are they trolling us with engine sounds? <gasps> oh, is that? It's not a dino run. That was a dino was run. Was that a dino run? That was a dino run. What's that noise? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, oh, so he's wait trolling a us for our own our own game. What the heck? Okay, hold on. I'm gonna go back. But I have some the ideas. The quality is so bad, though. Yeah, it's bad. Hold, let's do it again. Okay, that's, that's not thing, a diesel. That's not a diesel, and not it's diesel. revving way high. That's it sounds a, like a Camry V8. That's an LS. You think it's an LS? I think it's an LS. I was thinking maybe like a Coyote. I don't know if that sounds hmm. push-roddy to me. I almost feel like it sounds like a Camry. Hmm. But it's so unclear. I'm not sure. Do you think he'll call back and tell us the answer? 
I don't. Well, here's I the hope thing. So. I want you to Google Empire Fabrication. Oh, they follow us on uh, in in the eight hundred five area code. They they follow us on Instagram. So what do they build? Go well, to their Instagram, and I'll bet you a buck that whatever he there? just dynoed is on his Instagram. Oh man! Well, this is going to drive me crazy. I got to listen again. So what is this? He's on the dyno. I love the fact. He has a great name, by the I way. I love that he's Sean. I love that he's uh, their their stuff. I've been looking at this week, and he's been working on a. Interesting. Oh man! Well, I, I was looking. He has been doing body work on a Mustang. What's that noise? I love that. <laughs> I love it. He calls it noise. There's a square body. It's music, by the way, sir. It's music. He's got all sorts of stuff on here, but nothing that's blatantly an engine that would be on the dyno. Hmm. So, Sean, are you going to call us back and uh, I think we tell call us? this number. Let's dial him. Should we just call him right now? Yeah, dial him right now. Yeah, I mean, the, it's it's after hours, so he won't pick up. But we're just going to leave a message. Okay. We're just saying, Sean. You've reached Sean at Empire Fabrications. I'm unable to come to the phone right now. If you can leave your name, number, and a brief message, I can get back to you as soon as I can. At the tone, please record your message. When you have finished recording, you may hang up or press 1 for more options. Sean, Lightning and Holman from the Chuck Show Podcast, how dare you? Hey, dude, what's that sound? Are you going to tell us or what? How dare you tease us like that? (laughs) And just for that, you get a... Yeah, what she said. <laughs> hey, guys, this is Jeff from Iowa. I just listened to the latest episode. You guys were talking about doing an LS swap uh, episode. You guys seriously ought to look into seeing if you can get a hold of Matt Apple from Sloppy Mechanics. He is very good at LS swaps. He's got a lot of content on YouTube. He's got sloppymechanics.com. He's, there's huge Facebook groups for it. This guy knows what he's doing. He does a lot with uh, HP Junior with LS swaps and uh, built his own standalone harnesses out of the factory wiring harnesses for the five threes and six liters, four eights, and whatnot. So, yeah, it's, look him up. He's pretty good at the with the LS sort of stuff. So, talk to you later. Bro. That's a good tip. Appreciate you calling in. And you yep. know what? So Add it what, to the list. What he did, though, is reminded me that we did talk about LS swaps, and yep. I'll bet you that that's what Empire Fabrication guy was calling Maybe. in. Maybe. He had an LS swap, but we don't know what if it is an I, LS. I don't know. So you didn't, you, it didn't sound like an LS to you? Uh, it's just the quality was bad. I, th- I thought it sounded more like a camera, but I might be wrong. Hmm. I've been known to be wrong before. Yeah. No, I'm wrong more than you are. So I would agree with that. Yeah. You were right when you said that. <laughs> hey, Lightning and Holman, this is Jeff from Iowa. I was just listening to the episode when you guys were talking about random stuff you found in the truck. This last summer, I bought a 95 Chevy pickup that's lowered on 20s. I found a handful of Chuck E. Cheese tokens <laughs> in the, underneath the rear seat. I thought that was pretty funny and random. And five stars! Yeah! Oh, good work, guys. Five stars! Five stars. Sweet. Uh, thanks, uh... Jeff from Iowa, who, uh, man, that's two for him. I, yeah, that I like was a that. nice one. I appreciate right. that call. That's okay. good. So uh, it's nice to catch up with our listeners. We appreciate all the emails, truckshowpodcast at gmail.com, all the Instagram messages at truckshowpodcast, and all the uh, five-star uh, hotlines. Five-star. 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 Hotline. 657-205-6105. Or, 
Again, just go to our Instagram at Truck Show Podcast and click the call button, and then you don't have to. Worry and about it, it no longer goes to my cell phone. Sorry, <laughs> that's true. That is, that is the case. All right, it's time to talk about uh, the Detroit International North American Auto Show. I think it's uh, time for what's new in trucks. Uh, oh, what's new in trucks? What's new in trucks? We need to know. What's new in trucks? We need to know. What's new in trucks? We need to know. Lifted, lowered, and everything in between. What's happening in the world of trucks? Oh! Ooh, yeah! God. I was feeling 50 right there! That was strong. <laughs> Episode like 50. Yeah, man. We're bringing it. Tell me about being in Detroit this oh. last, almost, were you there for a full week? Yeah, almost a full week. Okay. Yeah. And uh, yeah, like I said, we had a uh, Nissan Titan XD Cummins 5 liter we were driving around, which was awesome. And uh, huge news at the show. Huge! Um, and that would be... Was that your huge? Hold on, let me no, try yeah. this again. Huge. Wait, wait, do it again. It was huge! Okay, thank you. All right. And uh, Ram basically dropped the freaking mic. How so? Uh, they came out and said, hey, guys. Oh, 1,000 pound feet of torque. Hi, hi, we're doing 1,000 now. Yeah. First manufacturer to break 1,000 pound feet of torque. And if uh, you saw our Instagram at Truck Show Podcast, I may have posted a dyno run picture from our friends at Ram that shows it peaking on the dyno at 1,003. Oh, my Lord. And so not only did I hook up with our friend Jim Morrison, who's the vice president of Ram here Mm -hmm. in North America, uh, also hooked up with our friends from Cummins and uh, talked about their role in getting to 1,000 and what's different in the new 6.7. Before we get into the trucks, because I'm dying to get into it, what what I was seeing from your Instagram is that it looked like Ram had the coolest display. And, And normally it's just like truck on carpet or yeah. tile or whatever. Or a spinning turntable. GM has done some pretty creative things where they put the truck over your head, yeah. you know, and you can walk under to see the yep. drivetrain and yep. whatnot. But this one I thought was interesting. I saw the power wagon, yep. and it was um, kind of- Articulated. A- articulated yeah. and off-axis and whatnot at, uh, uh, up on, like, I-beams. Yeah. Well, right? that... on, on big iron girders. girders. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, that, that was cool. That was uh, their static display, so you could see the power wagon all flexed out in the display, and it was um, about head level, so you could see under it and see all the skid plates and all that stuff. And uh, we'll get into power wagon a little bit more in a minute. I was but... just thinking, how did they get that on there? Did they have to, they have to, to oh, I'm cr- sure, I'm crane sure, it yeah, on, right? I'm sure, I'm sure. What was really cool, though, was if you go to uh, trucktrend.com, there's a video of the press introduction. And they had this really awesome floor-to-ceiling video display. Now, this is what, opening night or pre-opening night? No, this is uh, the the day of the press. So all auto shows have press days prior to public days. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, so this was the first day of the press days, okay. which was on Monday. And uh, they had this floor-to-ceiling video screen that must have been 100 feet long and probably 20 feet high. And it was awesome. So during the display, they drive out the ram on a turntable on the stage and as the ram is turning, they have CGI trailers behind it. What? So you're from where you're sitting, it looks like it has a gooseneck, and then it looks like it has a bumper pull. No And the trailer way. is turning with the truck. And the, as the truck's turning on the turntable, the angle of the trailer is changing, so it looks like it's hooked up to it behind the thing. And then the type of trailer is changing behind the ram as it's spinning around. And when the back of the truck faces the crowd, the trailers disappear. So you can see the back of the truck. And when it gets parallel to you again before the back starts spinning and facing the video screen, right. the trailers pop up again. It was awesome. So you're sitting there, and, you're, and it's a great way to show different trailers behind the new truck without having to have a giant trailer on, on stage. And then when the power wagon came up, 
Uh, so Reed Biglin, who is the head of Ram, he's a big dude. Like this guy is that his real name? Is his real name Reed Biglin? He pumps iron, dude. This dude has <laughs> biceps the size of your head. Okay, big dude, and he's like in a fitted suit, you know, dressed to the nines, just yoked, and and he's super serious. You know, uh, it, it, you know, he's an executive at a car company, right? And he was hilarious. He called out Ford. How, he, how so? So watch it on Truck Trend because it's really cool. But he's like. We believe our truck technology should be something that users want, not some knob that comes with stickers that you have to set up. Ours just works. Oh. And they're talking about the cool new camera system. They're talking about the new blind spot. They're talking about adaptive cruise control that works with a trailer. And now it's 35,100 pounds, and cruise control works with the adaptive cruise, towing, and the Jake or the exhaust. Thirty-five thousand one hundred five thousand is where the Ram Max is out at. I mean, stupid numbers. You figure a semi is eighty thousand, right? That's that's crazy. So when the Power Wagon comes out, so they do the the regular Ram and and the Mega Cab, and you're like, okay, cool. Here's the regular. That is an insane. Oh, I'm a, out of that's weight. Crazy. I'm just I'm just the chassis for a second. The chassis is freaking massive. Okay, no, but that that is the that's probably the dually only, right? Yeah, yeah, that's the high output max tow. Okay, so four hundred horsepower, a thousand on torque. I believe the the non is a three eighty five eight fifty. So okay. your standard like twenty five hundred that doesn't have the high output eight fifty. It's I still mean, it's rad. Still, yeah, it's still a great number, right? But when the power wagon comes out, the screen changes to a pool of lava, and it's bubbling, and the sound system is like the loudest, crispest, like like stadium quality sound system, right? It's like. <laughs> And the lava is like bubbling. What do you do? Sorry, go ahead. Anyway, the lava is bubbling and it's making these like crazy noises of lava explosions. And the screen opens up and the power wagon drives down Through a ramp it? behind the screen. Oh. Reed hops up on stage. He goes, I hope no one got hit by lava. <laughs> That's pretty funny. <laughs> but uh, he was not afraid to call out for it. I guess if you figure you've got a highly competitive truck, you take your pot shots when you can, and Ram certainly was well, not afraid. Well, I mean, afraid. They're, the, they're the underdog, right? So they're, yeah. they're, they're, they're punching up, right? Well, they had, I think they said in 09 when the, when the brand was officially launched at Ram, when they were no longer Dodge Rams. I know a lot of people say Dodge, but the truth is they've been Ram trucks, Vind Ram trucks, and Ram trucks is its own company since 09. People ask, why did they well, do that? At, it's funny, at the, at the LA Auto Show, so it was interesting, at the LA Auto Show, the um, spokesmodels that are mm-hmm. hired just to give yeah. that same speech over and over and over yeah. again, but they kept saying the same thing over and over again. Guys, we used to be known as Dodge. It's yeah. now the Ram. Ram. And they kept saying it and over and over again. And we're 10 years since they made that change. But what happened was, and people don't understand, why did they branch out on their own? Because Ram, as their own company, could reinvest their marketing and R&D and sales dollars into their vertical and not share it with Dodge cars. So that's how Ram's gotten competitive, by, by forming their really, own business Is unit. there really no bleed over? They are their own business unit, just okay. like Fiat is, just like Chrysler is, just like Jeep is. It's the, Ram is responsible for Ram. Wow. And so their sales have gone from, I think it was like two hundred and twenty or 30000 in 2009 to like 750000 last year. And they're taking some serious market share, and their trucks have just been getting better and better. And it was it was just awesome to and see. And they're not weighed down by the quality issues that Chrysler had for so many years. No, I mean the the trucks are good trucks. Um, you might notice on the heavy duties that the cabs are the same as the old cabs. So people might go, "Oh, it's the old truck with a facelift." But the reality is, it has a brand new interior. It has brand new styling, like grill and lights and technology and all that. And the chassis are totally new, especially on the dualies and stuff. I think Power Wagon's probably a similar chassis as it used to be. But okay. what's awesome is the Power Wagon and all the gas trucks, the 6.4 Hemi, 
now come with the eight-speed automatic. Ooh. And because that- Now, you, you test drove one of those, correct? <laughs> you, no, I, I, I'm will, not, okay. I will be testing it in a couple weeks officially. Okay. Officially, I will be testing it in a couple weeks. I see what you're saying. Uh-huh. Yeah, okay. officially. I'm reading between the uh-huh. lines. All right. Yeah, so anyway, the uh, the diesels uh, have the uh, the Eisen still, the and they call them shifter. The gas trucks have the uh, the eight-speed with the knob. With a thousand and well, hold three. On. Okay. Well, hold on real quick. Okay. So going back to the power wagon with that eight HP 75R upgraded eight-speed automatic transmission. First mm-hmm. gear, super low. So the old power wagon, obviously no slouch off-road. The thing was a beast. One of my favorite off-road trucks of all time. And it's amazing what a truck that big can do. Had a decent, but not spectacular, like 35 to 1 crawl ratio. And so that basically means the it's it's how slow... Like if you were going to put a bunch of trucks facing downhill right, and just let them go... Okay. So you want to go as slow as possible, right? The slow speed test. The faster ones mean that they're less controllable off-road, harder to rock crawl because every throttle input is is not giving you maximum torque. So the deeper the crawl ratio, the more crawling ability it has and more torque it has down low because of those gears. Now, why did you just give me an example of going downhill? Wouldn't It's I... just easier to, to visualize. Okay. So a lower crawl ratio downhill means the truck's going slower. I understand. Yes. So, for example, and you probably couldn't put in exact terms, but like full throttle in first gear is, is maybe 20 miles an hour tops. In like first that? gear? No, it'd probably be like two miles an hour. Okay, so that's Whoa! what I'm saying. Right, yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah. In first gear, yeah. That's I mean, what I'm yeah, saying. You so run out of gear super, super fast. Super yeah, low. Okay. Super low. The new power wagon with the eight speed, fifty-one to one crawl ratio. So full throttle, I can walk faster. You might, although you wouldn't make nearly enough uh, noise. <laughs> you know, you're huffing and puffing, still wouldn't make as much noise as the power wagon is <laughs> right. maxed out at. So you know. this is the type of thing that uh, you could take up straight up a rock waterfall and not touch the gas. It's so low. Yeah, the, you know, you'd be able to, you know, just let the truck work and do its thing by crawling. You may want to touch the throttle lightly to get over some of the obstacles. But yeah, it just means that set and forget and let the thing do its work. I mean, it's the truck's a beast off-road. 51 to 1? 51 to 1. And they also have a new winch setup. They used to have the worn 12,000-pound winch. Now they have a worn Xenon 12 with the synthetic rope and no longer a roller fair lead, but a Haas fair lead. And so that's pretty cool to see the factory winch even got upgraded. Wait, what's the Haas fair lead? I know what so, the, I know what the so roller is, yeah, is what you use roller. with cable typically. Yeah. And then a Haas is the one that's like billet aluminum but has no moving parts. Oh, yeah. Okay. So on the synthetics, you don't want there to be a burr from the rollers or any debris. So right. it's just smooth and goes over that polished surface so you don't have any cuts or tears in the synthetic because that, that'll end up being a weak spot for got you. Got it. So anyway, the Power Wagon was awesome, but we got some great interviews that kind of walk through the, the new Ram lineup. All right, so here I am at the uh, 2019 North American International Auto Show in Detroit and with podcast regular and good friend of mine, Jim Morrison, who's the uh, vice president of Ram North America. We just call him Jim from Ram, though. Yeah, hey, John, <laughs> great to see you. A little bit of big I news today. I want, I want Do you the, listen to uh, it? Oh, for sure. Yeah, I, I, now that you send them to me, it's a lot easier than, uh, but it, my, my truck listens to it, and, and I love the fact that I can listen to the first half and then listen to the second half, you know, on the, my commute's a lot shorter now, but I, I don't, do I, do I believe him that he listens? So, you know that new Ram 12-inch screen that has the Sirius 360 on it? Yeah. Okay, so at the last auto show I saw him, which was LA, he goes, I want to see the podcast on the screen, show me how it works, and he gives me his phone, he goes, 
Just subscribe to it so that I can get it regularly. Nice. Yeah, yeah. So he so he listens to it on his commute. But uh, it is a lot shorter now that you're on. About inside. a week and a half to get through it now, <laughs> but it's uh, it's good. So uh, so do you ever listen to yourself and think it's weird? I skip over that because <laughs> I, I sound really funny when I listen to myself. So uh, I, I don't know what. Do you skip over the whole thing? Uh, I only listen to it once when I edit it, and it's water under the bridge at that point. People are like, "Oh, that episode is great." I'm like, "I don't remember. What did we talk about?" Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but what I what I do remember is uh, all the times you've been gracious enough to uh, to come on the show and and. Obviously, huge news for you guys today with the uh, all-new 2020 Ram 2500, 3500 heavy-duty lineup. And even bigger news, you just broke the 1,000-pound-foot-of-torque barrier. Yeah, you know, that was, uh, it's been a lot of fun. And one, keeping it under wraps, keeping it, uh, you know, from the competition. And, and But most importantly, you know, all the hard work that went into making that happen, you know, with, with our engineers uh, here in uh, in Auburn Hills and, of course, our, our friends with Cummins. You know, the uh, the Cummins and and uh, and our heavy-duty trucks, that relationship is legendary. And uh, to really now to be the first to get to 1,000 pound-feet. And doing it together. And back when the Cummins engine was introduced in the ram it was 400 pound feet of torque yeah i remember that back in the 80s and and um you know the the um really to take it all the way up to and we took it i mean we battled to get over 900 yeah and and then the battle between us and uh the guys across town to go to (laughs) 930 and then they beat us by five and then holman i'm sorry i know you're eating cake because we're listening to this but um happy 50th truck show podcast oh thank you yeah tell me about do you discuss the transmission in here because that kind of torque with that transmission is, um, what did they do? They took a 1990 transmission and shoved it right behind. Say <laughs> bolt pattern. You know what They're I'm good. saying. Uh, if, I, if I asked them everything, we wouldn't have a reason to have them come back on and talk in well, depth Well, I would it. like to know because if you keep beefing up the engine and you don't make the same adjustments to the transmission, you'll have issues. You will have issues. Um, I will tell you that what I found interesting, and you'll hear it in the interview that comes up next is the manufacturer of the engine claims that uh, everything's robust enough. By the way, the Ram now has a 12-inch rear end ring and pinion, 12-inch. And I believe the old one was at 11.8 on the high output. They say they're not torque managing. They say you can actually get 1,000 through the through the drivetrain. Wow. Because of all the updates they did to the drivetrain, everything, U-joints and bearings and ring and pinion and transmission. And so it's it's been thoroughly gone through to make sure it can handle that torque. Wow. And then you basically said, hold my beer. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, you know, we'll take it through it. But the most important thing, and, you know, you, you'll uh, you'll experience it here next month, is um, that torque is needed. You know, every conversation we have, you know, with a truck customer that lasts more than uh, 10 minutes, you know, you get into the fact that people think, ah, you know, you guys did that just for the sake of, you know, shattering a record. Well, no, we didn't. We did, we did it because we have listened to our customers. And heavy-duty customers need more power. And, you know, whether it be the farmer that wants to, you know, hook up one more, uh, yeah. uh, you know, train in their uh, in their in their hay uh, train, yeah. uh, or the guy that's, you know, um, hauling the, um, uh, the the car carriers. Oh, got- it's funny because you'll, you know, you know, I drive cross country a couple times a year. And all you see are Ram Dooley guys with the car carriers. Yeah, and they always have probably one or two many <laughs> on that car carrier. But you're right; they're always hauling yeah. with Rams. Uh, it's because of the uh, the longevity, the reliability, and durability uh, that we uh, that we get from the uh, from the Cummins. Really happy to have uh, the award uh, here late last year with uh, uh, with a Ram 3500 being the best resale value in 
the industry, not just the heavy-duty segment or not just the pickup truck segment, in the entire industry. And I think and that was from uh, J.D. Power? J.D. Power gave us that award, and it's just, you know, it's nice recognition. So that, pretty legit. You guys didn't uh, pull any st- strings and make up an organization to give you that award. It's actually from a legit outfit. Yes, and they, <laughs> and they, and they looked across the industry and uh, and gave uh, our Ram Heavy Duties a nod. So, no, it's great working with the Cummins folks and, and delivering this, but I can tell you, you'll experience it here next uh, next month. Uh, you know, a month before everybody else gets to, but thank the, you. Appreciate uh, that. The uh, if you haven't already, um, <laughs> the, the new Cummins. We we can't talk about that, right? Yeah, no. Um, <laughs> I could tell you, but then yeah, <laughs> yeah, okay. Um, but then the, uh, the 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 power is is you know you feel it in the, in your seat. You know, and uh, and you can feel it uh, with the amount of load we can throw on it. Thirty-five thousand pounds is a big ass trailer. Yeah, so thirty-five thousand one hundred pounds is the new tow rating, and the high output version of the engine is four hundred horsepower and a thousand pound feet of torque. So the horsepower on the standard output is about what three seventy? Three seventy is for horsepower and uh, eight fifty torque. That's amazing, and you guys have now have a for those who are more technical, a thirty was it nine inch wide radiator in the front. I I saw the uh, the chassis cutaway. And it looks massive. The cooling stack on this thing for thermal management for a thousand is is unbelievable. Just the grill, people, you know, are, are shocked by how big the grill is. But the reality is, that it has to be in order for you guys to uh, to manage all that heat and everything past that. It's an all new chassis. The, the truck has a new front end, and the body may look familiar, but the, it's an all new chassis, all new drivetrain, and all new interior. Um, and everything sort of flowed backwards from that engine and drivetrain setup and you know beefier axles and u-joints and drive shafts and all the things that that make a truck durable yeah and i think you said it better than i um i can because it was is really about you know we want to have the best uh, for our customers and then even the customers that are towing you know slightly smaller loads or trailers we want to make sure that they know they have the best and they have that uh, power on tap because you don't want to be the guy getting past yeah. the hills and you don't want to be the guy that doesn't have the extra well, power well, what's important to, to talk to also is, is people may say well i don't need a thousand uh, because my trailer's not that big, but the reality is, is because you have that much excess cooling uh, capability and towing capability and power on tap, is if you're you're going to be even more confident uh, with a smaller load because there's so much extra in terms of brake size and and power and all those things that go into towing a trailer, and it's always good to have extra braking, extra power in reserve. Yeah, for sure, and uh, you know I, I've uh, always been a real proponent of, of over trucking something you know especially with the precious cargo in the back oh yeah you know distractions in the car distractions from others driving around it's always nice to have all the power all the braking and one of the things that uh, i think we're really most uh, proud of with the uh, with the new ram heavy duty and you'll experience it uh, as well as the confidence you get when you're towing because you know if you're doing a 20-hour haul and these guys you know that are pushing their trucks and trailers hard they are a 20-hour haul is a normal uh, day for them and um you know what we wanted to do was give them everything they needed so it's surrounding themselves in luxury and nice environment and the best interior yeah we should note that the the 1500 interior that is critically acclaimed that we love so much is now the interior in the new heavy duty as well including the 12 inch screen right now you and i are sitting in a new power wagon and this is a power wagon which with the uh, bench arrangement and it's awesome to see this giant 12 inch screen and then no console with a manual uh shifter for the transfer cases i gotta take a picture of it because it's just so awesome but yeah so the luxury not only have you guys added the 1500 interior with the same fit and finish details and luxury but you also have a ton of technology not available in any other uh in any 
other heavy duty. I think it's 40 new features and 25 are class exclusive. Class exclusives, yeah. Something so like it's, that. It's uh, it's lots of tech, and it's all tech that our, our customers will uh, will use, and it's it's the uh, everything from the 360 camera. You know that um, when you go into backup, we've got this really cool trailer view, so you can see the side of the trailer, and we've got the uh, cameras that are on the mirrors shooting all the way down to the uh, the back of the trailer. So and we've got good lighting to help support that, um, but it's also it's got a a, um, a screen adjustment that you can actually move. So you know when you're backing up the trailer yeah. and you get a little bit jackknifed, and you can't really see where yeah. you're going. All you do now is you touch the arrow at the bottom of the screen, and it shifts the camera view over. Wow! So you can see the edge of your trailer, which is uh, which is really good. You know, and you don't want to be that the guy ripping a fender I saw, off the yeah. I've been that guy. It's embarrassing, you know, so that helps solve that for sure. Seeing the tech with the cameras, the 360, the trailering view, the fact that you can add a camera inside your trailer if you want. There's a camera you can add to the back of your, say, enclosed race trailer. Um, you have adaptive cruise control and heavy duty that actually will work all the way up to the 35,100 pound towing limit. Um, and you, it will stop. With stop, yeah, yeah with stop and stop. go as well, yeah. which, is, which is phenomenal. Um, you know, 20 hours in the saddle in a in a interior that's this comfortable, I, I bet is probably nothing. I, I'm going to have to figure out how to convince you to give me a truck to do a cross country run. I, I think uh, I've got some ideas though. I think that'll be fun because you know when you load this sucker up, you know, put a nice uh, uh, fifth wheel uh, or gooseneck trailer behind it, and then you know drive for 20 hours, and you get the benefit of understanding what we did and what we thought our job was with the new Ram Heavy Duty, and that was to make our customer's job a little bit easier. So everything from air suspension and uh, and hookup assist, so it's like playing yeah. a... Lowering uh, your bed down, yeah, backing up, and then picking, you guys have the dynamic line, so for either a, a fifth wheel, gooseneck, or the traditional uh, bumper pull, uh, and then you've, you can lower on the air suspension, you can pick up the trailer. That is one of the best features, and to see that the way you guys have implemented it to make it even easier to use now is really awesome. Well, and you know, it's taken all the stress out of a hookup, you know, and, and uh, whether the stress means you don't have to get out in the pouring rain uh, or the stress means you're, you know, you're backing your truck up into your trailer, you know, in front of, you know, uh, 25 ex other of the horse show dads uh, <laughs> or, uh, or, or moms at a horse show, you know, you don't want to be the, the person back and forth, back and yeah. forth, you know, so it's great. We have a nice little grid line. You back up, you take a look, it actually uh, adapts. That's a, an idea my wife had because she was actually putting a rock on the tailgate all the time. Oh, interesting. Okay. You know, so I said, oh, engineers, how do we get that rock in the tailgate? Yeah. You know, whatever. Because you know how you're backing up sideways or you're turning a, a bit of an angle. Yeah. You know, and the, the people have those tennis clear. balls they use yeah, to try exactly. and line up, all that kind of stuff. So it's basically just that. You know, yeah. it's, it's you don't have to put the rock in the tailgate. You just actually, you know, um, you can see the, uh, the ball in the middle of the bed. Um, and then you back up and you can see the angle that it's coming in at. You can adjust your steering exactly. Um, and then uh, you, you get a little bit closer, you lower the bed, and then uh, tuck right underneath the ball, go underneath, Amazing. and then you raise the ball up and, and, you're, uh, and you're hitched. And, and uh, if you do it really well, you don't have to do any uh, manual cranking uh, on your trailer, which is always my goal. And another best is you guys have the best aerodynamics as well in the heavy duty market. Yeah, it's amazing because- you How think is that of, possible? You think of it, it's, it's a brick, right? Yeah. I mean, we, uh, we put a, uh, um, a, a radiator that's over three feet. Yeah. You know, we need to feed the Cummins, right? <laughs> right? I mean, we need to feed the beast. Yep. You need to get it to a thousand. The guy said, okay, to get a thousand, I need to have this much cooling. Yeah. You know, because this thing has to work too. It's not just a thousand, you know, on a nice right. uh, spring day. You know, it, this is a thousand when you know, you need at a yeah. hundred degrees, you know, going up Davis Dam sure. with a 35,000 uh, pound 
uh, trailer behind. I'm sorry. I just I, every time you say thirty five thousand pounds, that's you figure a typical big rig load altogether is about eighty thousand pounds. You're almost half of truck and trailer of what a big rig can can haul. Uh, that's seventeen point five tons. Seventeen and a half tons. Seventeen and a half tons is what it tows. Yeah, it didn't even occur to me that it's seventeen that much. and a half tons. Well, that's just too much. <laughs> yeah, you guys were throwing out the zingers to uh, Ford and Chevy at the press conference. I was—I'm uh, not going to lie. There's a little bit of chuckling going on. I, I love when the uh, when the executives get in on the fun, and uh, you know, I guess when you got the best in class claims and and you can go after it, you, you take your advantages when you can, right? Yeah, I think the best was the sticker thing. You know, was that what you're talking about? <laughs> yeah, uh, maybe a little no, bit. Nobody does that, yeah, right? I, I mean, nobody true. does the stickers, and and uh, that's yeah. why we put our. Uh, you know, backup cameras so you can actually see what you're doing. Yep. And, and uh, that was... Uh... What's the reference to, though? The stickers. Uh, Pro Trailer Backup Assist on the Fords. Pro or- Trailer Backup Assist on the Fords. Okay. You, you have to uh, put in a math calculation into the, the DIC mm-hmm. um, about your trailer, like wheelbase and length from this and that. And then there's these little stickers that are targets that are white and black, and you place them on your trailer in specified spots, and the camera picks it up. Okay. So the camera uses where those stickers are and the inputs that you put in in order for Pro Trailer Backup Assist to work. It's uh, When it works, it's awesome. When it doesn't, it's frustrating, and the setup is difficult. And so we've had perfectly set up trailers where it's flawless and we've had times where we've tried to do it ourselves and it just didn't work with our trailer and so ram's answer what's their technology learn how to back up a trailer oh really so they're just well i mean they don't have pro trailer backup assist but what they do have is different camera modes one of them is a split screen that looks down the sides of the uh, trailer Mm -hmm. the fact that you can add another camera at the back of your trailer and wire it into your head unit and the fact that blind spot detection things like that work with the trailer attached so so we're penalizing for it for trying, but kind of going down the wrong road, though. Like I'm not the, penalizing for it. No, I, when I mean, it works, it's cool, but he's right. The setup is difficult, and I as the, the option's not that expensive. It's like under 400 bucks. I just don't... I've never seen anybody use it in the wild, ever. <laughs> okay. Yeah? <laughs> I, I probably hey. wouldn't. I mean, you got to get out... You put stickers on your trailer? Yeah. Hmm. You know, nice, but it's it's all easy to use. You don't have to get out. You don't have to do a PhD and hook up ology. You know, you just get in, you drive your truck, and uh, and it does the heavy lifting for you. It makes your job a little bit easier, and does it with style, and does it, you know, in a way uh, that makes you feel, uh, you know, comfortable and confident where you're going. Well, uh, congratulations on the new truck. Congratulations on the the Ram brand introduced in 2009 as its own standalone brand. You sold like 250,000 trucks. Last year, you sold over 750,000. I mean, just unbelievable the strides the brand is making, the quality of the trucks. Obviously, we've been impressed because truck trend, pickup truck of the year, four-wheeler, four-by-four of the year on the 1500s. I can't wait to see in a couple weeks and and get into the new heavy duties and and drive these for the... uh, first time and uh, <laughs> and uh, it's gonna it's gonna be great so really appreciate your time and we've got a lot more to talk about these new trucks but we'll let you uh, get back to uh, being a busy executive here at the auto show yeah I know I got to say thanks for the uh, for the trifecta and you know um, motor trend uh, means a lot to a lot of America I got to tell you personally truck trend means a ton to me because it's one of the first magazines that I uh, flip through every uh, month when I get it more well I appreciate impor- that but more importantly it means a lot to the truck buyers I mean yeah. the truck trend audience is is, in my view, the best. They know the trucks. Yeah. They know what they're uh, they're looking for, 
And of course, I love the the fact that uh, Four Wheeler gave us a nod too. So we call that the trifecta. Absolutely. Here, um, you know, at the Ram brand, and, and we're very proud of uh, what you guys have been able to uh, uh, nod uh, or tip the hat to us, and we appreciate it. We won't let you down. We're going to keep uh, making better trucks. We're going to keep leaning on you a little bit personally to, to get some good input on uh, on what we need to do well, to make these trucks even better. You know, I like talking trucks with you. So uh, so anytime. Yeah, good stuff. Thank you very much. All right, appreciate you, Jim. Thanks. Good, good stuff. All right, thank you. It's a good interview, uh, Holman. Well done. Thank I you. I love that guy. He's uh, he's super cool. He's way cool in in uh, real life too. Loves loves trucks. Loves product. Loves figuring out that next thing that the truck guy wants on his truck and then implementing it. Here's what the thing that here's the next thing. Yep. Tunability for the aftermarket. Right from so, the OE. So what? No, of course not. Not from the OE douche. <laughs> okay, well. I've called you a douche like eight times this show. I think I'm going to no. strike that word from my- I uh, don't even hear it anymore. I know. I, right. So it didn't take very long for them to tune the ECU, uh, the 13 to 17. Uh-huh. I wonder, is it the same ECU? What do you know about this one? Know nothing about the ECU. Interesting. Uh, that doesn't the mean The reason that... I started thinking about this is you're like, wow, you know, with the 1,003 pound-feet of torque, how much- Tuning headroom is in there. I wonder so, for a guy like so Corey or someone at you know, PPEI. Yeah. I will tell you that Cummins is probably best known for managing cylinder pressures. Uh, in our upcoming uh, interview with the Cummins team, you'll hear a little bit about that. We've got an interview with Ryan Nagodi real quick. He's the uh, interior designer. He was our one of our very first guests on episode I think is one yeah of the Truck Show podcast yep. and uh, so we talk about the Ram interior and then we talk to Cummins and they talk a little bit about managing cylinder pressures, what they did to make the uh, engine stronger. I-, I would say there's a significant amount of headroom in there, uh, especially now it's no longer a gray uh, iron block; it's now CGI. Mm-hmm. And so I think there's some stuff in there. And I also posted on our uh, Instagram at Truck Show Podcast a cutaway in the Cummins booth that show the cylinders and piston shapes and stuff for people to kind of take a gander at. Uh, but yeah, let's uh, let's do Ryan's interview and then we'll get to the Cummins crew. All right, so I'm uh, still at the Ram stand and I uh, looked over and saw our, one of our very first podcast guests, Ryan Nagodi, who is the uh, head of uh, Ram Interior Design. Yes, thank you for having me. And uh, I think everybody was wondering what the new interior on the uh, Heavy Duty was going to look like. And uh, surprise, surprise, the Ram 1500 interior made it almost entirely intact into the new uh, big trucks. Yeah, we're proud to, um, really from the get-go when designing the 1500, um, that we were thinking about uh, the big brother uh, to make sure that we uh, basically brought all the goodness and we've obviously um, have gotten a lot of accolades around uh, this past year and proud of obviously what the team's accomplished. And we know going forward, uh, it should do awesome uh, in this new Ram heavy-duty truck. The trim walks are a little bit different on the heavy-duty side than they are on the 1500, and so there's a few differences in, in materials and trim. Were there any, any other uh, themes or thought processes, or how did you go into adapting the 1500 interior into the lineup that uh, exists in the HD lineup? The biggest thing that obviously everyone's going to um, kind of look at right away is the cab, uh, the size of the cab, slightly different. Um, we got our mega cab, that's a whole other uh, kind of ball of wax. But then you have vehicles um, like the reg cab and then our uh, power wagon, which comes with our bench seat, manual transfer case still on the floor. Uh, some of our uh, vehicles that are equipped with uh, our Cummins have our column mounted shifter. So if you look at all of those little things, those are all the, the items that we had to be mindful of. Thinking about, say, the center stack, the 12 inch screen, we had to be mindful that 
you're going to be still pulling a column shifter on this thing. And so we'd love to even pull it further rearward, but that obviously limited us. Sure. Um, but, you know, as I mentioned, the 12-inch screen, huge technology piece for us. Uh, we're happy that it's in the truck. There's actually some really nice features of the 12-inch screen that are perfect for the heavy-duty truck. We have trailer reverse uh, cameras that are actually on uh, both of the mirrors and they show a split shot of what you're towing uh, as you're backing up. And that's, they are gorgeous on that giant screen. Oh my God. And that's great that we're able to put that up in the top of the screen and then you can actually still get to some of your other features, some of your camera buttons, heated and ventilated seats. Some of those things are, are uh, able to be there. So some of, the, some of the stuff that we touted about the 1500, it's kind of used in different ways, I think, for the heavy duty truck. Right, let's go back to the power wagon and you talked about how you have the bench seat yeah. and a manual transfer case lever on that. So what's kind of interesting about the power wagon is there's no center console like there would be if you had the buckets in the front or what you might be used to seeing on the, uh, the 1500 but you can still get that 12 inch screen. So you yes. still have that bench arrangement where you have that third person you can sit in the middle but you're not losing out anything. You still have a manual transfer case lev uh, lever and you still have that awesome screen available. Yeah, one of the biggest things in development in early on, if, if, if you are very familiar with our prior gen trucks, you probably know the ins and outs. Obviously truck guys and gals know the ins and outs of their trucks. You probably noticed that the center stacks were different between yeah. a center console and a bench seat. Again, early on, we know we wanted to kind of kind of do better, I think, in that in that respect and think more about it. And that center stack area, yeah, you, that screen zone, the switches, we have hard switches below. Um, and actually on the power wagon and some of our other models, we have an auxiliary bank that you can put in there. Uh, and so all of that area is very common between the two. And again, allows you to have a center council seat uh, set up as well as the bench set up. So again, being mindful of everything you got there, obviously the trucks, so many, so many levels, so many trim levels, so many differences. So really, it's a science project, and I and I, and I put tip my hat to um, yeah. to everyone at FCA in terms of all the stuff they put onto it because it's a lot to think about when you're designing the truck. And it's awesome because I think you guys are able to get across the fact that these are again well crafted detail oriented but the, the truck's not any softer but you gave people more technology and you gave them uh you know basically more of everything while while not taking away from that that truck and capability feel it's just a nice place to spend time and you know i've seen even the the tradesman level i mean i'm a, as good as the limiteds are the tradesman you don't feel like it's a base model you guys have done an incredible job of making that truck feel comfortable and not feel like it's a bargain basement and I think some of that really attests to the team effort that we've had, both planning, brand, engineering, design. Everyone gets it, and everyone knows what we're going for. And I think, yeah, you know that the tradesmen, in a lot of cases, it's fleet customers, it's people that um, really are trying to have a good deal on a truck that's going to basically be a tool for them, right? And for us, we thought about things like, okay, well, we're going we're gonna to choose a paint that's going to be durable. It's going to actually feel cool. So it's got like this grit to it. Mm -hmm. And those are some of the things you're talking about. We know that those trucks get dirty though. So it's easy to clean. We got uh, vinyl floors that are nicely done on the, on the interior there. So uh, again, a lot packed into this truck. Each trim level's got a little different um, thing, which is really cool. And there's six distinct trim levels throughout the lineup. Um, and I think you really should be able to go in there and there's a truck for everyone. Well, we really appreciate uh, your time on the Truck Show podcast and uh, thanks for coming back on. And again, congratulations on two years in a row of exceptional trucks coming out. And we're excited to see uh, 
where the Graham brand uh, goes next, because I know we're not done here. You've got some more to talk about in the next couple of years. We got some cool things uh, coming, coming down the pipeline. We're always tuning, um, talking to customers, so it's, uh, it's great to hear everyone's uh, accolades at this point in time, and we look to the future. So, uh, yeah, how about, uh, how about Ryan? Ryan Agote. Ryan Agote. He's the uh, chief interior designer for Ram. So if you've uh, sat in a Ram truck lately uh, and you've been impressed with the interior, that's his handiwork. Good good dude. They are just, um, we do a lot of Ram content here, and I think it's kind of out of proportion. They're making a ton of noise. That's, and I agree with you. Yeah. And that, that they are making more noise than anybody else. And th- I think that they're making faster strides they are right? not going bigger to, improvements they are not going to lay down they are in it to win it 100 percent. however chevy's got the heavy duties coming up and i heard ford moved up super duty and f-150 because oh. the competition is so good so really? i guarantee you this year and next year we are not running out of truck content anytime soon it is just a brawl well in fact I may have uh, spent some time with the new 2020 Chevy Heavy Duty. And I apologize. I said 2020 Ram in the piece. It's actually going to be a 2019 model, uh, the new the new trucks, Oh, which is kind of cool. But uh, while I was in Detroit, yeah. I met with our friends at Chevy. Mm-hmm. And not only did I spend some time with the 2020 Heavy Duty. Mm-hmm. But We've also, discussed that before, well, though. That no, you no, already, no. But no. I know, yes, but this was a, a, a second bite at the apple, if you will. Okay. With the chief engineer from Chevy Heavy Duty. have a worm in it or no? And, and the three liter Duramax. <gasps> oh, wow. In the 1500s. So it's already on their website. Mm-hmm. They're talking about it, mm-hmm. but you can't get it. Mm-mm. Although, can you pre order it? The heavy duty or the three no, liter the three Duramax? Liter. The three liter so Duramax. So you may have noticed the government shut down at the moment. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that also means the EPA is not certifying 2019 and 2020 models at the moment. Mm. So I'm pretty sure anything that's all new that has a new calibration that hasn't been certified already is going to be a little bit delayed. Interesting. So that's going to start affecting the uh, the new uh, car and truck market here pretty soon. So I know that. Uh, uh, General Motors is down to their last calibrations, ready to go in the three liter. I also know that the three liter Eco Diesel mm-hmm. is one of the things that's been held up. Uh, a lot of people have been uh, uh, emailing us asking about, "Hey, when's Eco Diesel coming in the Ram?" Right, right, right. Also the Gladiator, also the JL. Yeah, everybody's in the same boat. Those uh, engines are all kind of ready to go. They're awaiting final certification from the feds. No kidding. And so that's sort of holding up the works right now. Hmm. How do you feel about that? Um, I mean. I like a wall. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so here I am still in the Ram booth at the uh, 2019 North American International Auto Show, and I have uh, found our good friend Steve Sanders. Some of you may know him as Dave Danders. (laughs) And uh, he's our good friend from Cummins, and uh, you guys have a lot of news, and you brought some friends to talk about the new 6.7. I don't get the reference, Dave Danders. That is his Instagram handle. (laughs) So this was a big show for us. Uh, As most of you heard, we are a thousand foot-pounds of torque. Uh, I'm sorry, what? <clears throat> I'm sorry, uh, <laughs> quadruple digit class leading 1,000 foot-pounds of torque uh, with a heavy-duty 6.7 product uh, with our friends Ram. Uh, we brought a whole bunch. Not to bust him, but it is pound-feet, right? Okay, so... And, it, now, and, and I always it, said foot-pound. Hold on. I always said foot-pound. And pound. Gail corrected you. And Gail corrected me. Right. No, 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 no. He didn't correct me. He kept saying, and I and I said, I must be wrong. I better say pound feet. And he's so of, of old school. We've so. said it both ways on the show. Mm-hmm. 
It's in the industry mm-hmm. is generally accepted to say foot pounds or pound feet. Mm-hmm. But as Gail will tell you, there is a difference between foot pounds and found, uh, in pound feet. And maybe we should just you should record him explaining it, and then we'll have it on the next show. I'm in I, and will. I've said it both ways. Um, it just flows however it flows because I'm so used to it. The Cummins guys say foot pounds. The Ram guys say pound feet. Uh, it's it's all over the map, uh, and it's sort of understood to be universal. Although, again, Gail has a technical explanation of why we're all wrong. Huh. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to tape him and we'll play. You should show. do that. Okay. okay. Uh, we brought a whole bunch of the account team and our engineering team up here to celebrate because this is a big milestone for us. Uh, we're 30 years with Ram right now. We're 100 years with Cummins, uh, so this is a big year of celebration for us, and what better way to cap it off with starting the year with 1,000 foot-pounds. All right, so when you started 30 years ago with Ram, it was 400 pound-feet of torque. Right. And 30 years later, you're 1,000. Yeah, and, and we like to think that uh, there's always there's always room to grow. I mean, in the in the '80s, it was the transmission was kind of the limiting factor that a lot of people uh, you think <laughs> that a lot of people figured out early on. Uh, but now they make some really nice transmissions, and uh, the, the sky is kind of the limit. So, who did you bring with you from uh, from Cummins here? So we've got Chris Hyatt and Marin Rather. They're on the account team. Uh, so Chris leads the whole FCA account for Cummins, and Marin's leading this future product. Uh, so 2019 and beyond, when we're in full production, it kind of becomes Marin's project from uh, from this thousand foot pound uh, perspective. So she gets to do a lot of fun marketing stuff, right? Absolutely. Okay. So, so how does it feel? Obviously, for years now, we've been going back and forth. It was in the 600s, then it was the 800s, then it was in the high 800s, then it was the low 900s, and Ford and GM and Cummins and Ram, back and forth, back and forth. And I believe the last number was 930 for you guys. And so everybody in the industry has been talking about who's the first to hit 1,000. And it only seems right that Cummins is the company that brings that to the table. What did it take to get there, and how did the conversation with uh, Ram start? And let's start there. Yeah, I think, uh, I, I mean, I think the big thing for us is when we got to 930, we're all excited about taking the torque leadership again. And then uh, for Ford to come, you know, right back after that at 935, I think was really the, was, uh, was it helped drive us, you know, to get to this thousand foot pound. We'd been working on it, obviously, for some time. And uh, to, to have that go down and now give us a chance to come out and be the first one with, like we said, the... The, put the first one to put the comma in the torque uh, feels really good. Um, you know, for us, it's it's really taken our our history and legacy not only not only with Ram but in our medium duty and heavy duty business to take some of that technology that we know with this peak cylinder pressure that we have, uh, the new crank um, cam piston rings. I mean, the piston um, the pin on this on this engine is is unbelievable when you compare it to the current product to the future product. So bringing that technology in for us. Uh, into this pickup mar- market with this duty cycle just seemed like the right thing to do with uh, with the torque wars where they're at. Did he have one there that you could see? Yeah, I posted uh, pictures on uh, on our Instagram. Okay. I should have looked. <laughs> <laughs> and you guys actually, for the first time on this platform, have brought in uh, CGI compact graphite iron block to the game versus the older gray iron block of the previous 6.7? Yep. Uh, this, so this block is um, uh, the second one for Cummins right now that we're doing CGI block for. So that was a big one for us. It was a huge investment at our Cummins mid-range engine plant in Columbus. Um, but Which, uh, by the way, if uh, you have ever have a chance to go to Columbus, just look up our friend Steve Sanders. I'm sure he'll give you a personal tour of that facility. I've been lucky enough to go there, and it is unbelievable watching these giant engines come down the assembly line, and you couldn't find a nicer group 
of people putting them together. Like everybody is part of the Cummins family. Uh, if you ever been to Columbus, Indiana, not Ohio, um, it is a Cummins town. And um, just to see how much passion there is just goes to show the type of product that you guys can churn out over there. Absolutely. I mean, uh, everybody in that plant um, is, is, is not only passionate, but, uh, you know, it's, it's, that's the only product that we build in Cummins mid-range engine plant is for this Ram pickup um, and our standard output, high output, and chassis cab engine for FCA. So uh, it's not only um, what they do, but it's, it's, really the, it's really what puts the food on the table. So it's, it's really an exciting place to work, and a lot of, like I said, it's a family affair. So how did it come to be? I mean, was it so a conversation started on the FCA side, or a conversation started on the Cummins side, or how did you settle on a 1,000? You guys couldn't do a thousand and one. I mean, what I'm, I, I'm wondering if there's manufacturers out there that might sprinkle some magic torque dust and, and come up with some new numbers. So I'm curious how you settled on a thousand and how that conversation was started. Yeah, I, mean, I, I think it started out um, really as a joint conversation, but but FCA really came to us and said, hey, what, what's it going to take to get to a thousand foot pound? Um, so I, I think that's really where it started. But but for us, it was just you know picking up that that challenge. It, it just was the right thing to do. I mean, there was no other way to go but to be the first one to 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 a thousand foot pound. So. And you spoke a little bit about the technology, especially uh, cylinder pressure, yep. which is huge in the diesel market. I think guys who t are out there tuning Cummins, yep. that's uh, that's probably a metric that they pay a lot of attention to in terms of studs and head gaskets and, and atomization of fuel and efficiency and all those things. What was it um, that allowed you to have that kind of power output and again stay on that duty cycle of a everyday daily driver truck that may or may not tow, might tow 35,000 pounds, might be a daily driver, might be going fast off-roading in the desert. I mean, there's a, a million different uses and a million different duty cycles. It's not a fleet customer who might be idling a lot. It could be a lot of short trips. I mean, there's a lot of things to take into account in, in building a consumer version of an engine. So to have that kind of power output is, is pretty amazing. Yeah. You know, one thing I love about Cummins, and, and I really, uh, I'm a third generation Cummins employee, um, is that when we have torque and horsepower, it's it's real torque and horsepower, right? There's no smoke and mirrors. There's no there's no um, no peak that that you really can't use. Um, so I'll start there, and then you know, for us uh, with with developing that thousand foot pound with real horsepower and real torque everybody below that whether you're trailer towing or whether you're going up a mountain whether you're in the ram rodeo you get the benefit of that right and and, and a lot of occasions when you're just barely hitting that uh, accelerator pedal just in those low rpms you're getting maximum torque and and i think that um, as customers even come new to the diesel market, they'll see that that available torque, that horsepower that they have with Cummins diesel engine um, actually gives you a smoother ride uh, combined with the, the transmissions that the FCA has made it with. Uh, not only has a smoother ride, you're getting better fuel economy um, and just an overall efficiency um, for, this, for this system. We have a ton of hardcore uh, fans out there who just love the brand, and guys are out there tuning and racing, tractor pulling, you know, um, all those things with their Cummins engines. Um, obviously, the B-Series engine has, has taken a, a, a lot of evolutionary changes over the year from a mechanical injection 12-valve all the way to today's engine. Somebody who's familiar with the current 6.7, um, what are they going to find different and upgraded in this new high-output 6.7? 
from a performance standpoint? Or? Yeah, just or, or componentry. Like if you were to pull it apart, what were the things that they might be impressed with or see that you did differently? Or is it a pretty familiar engine to uh, somebody who's been on in the inside of it before? Yeah, I think um, I think it depends on your level of expertise. But I think you know what customers will see when they're taking apart that uh, uh, the new Modier 19 engine is the is really the the size of the components that are in there. So when I talked earlier about the the piston pins that are in there, um, you know our crankshafts, our, our our cam that that's in this particular engine, uh, you know you're going to feel the bulkiness, um, especially from the from the crank and from the you know the combustion cylinder standpoint. You'll still feel the bulkiness in the. Holman, were you in a uh, a subway tunnel? No, that was actually the uh, the show floor, but the Kobo Center, which is the name of Detroit's convention center, has an old ass train, like monorail, mm-hmm. that rolls through the ceiling. It does what? Yeah, so uh, you'll hear it every once in a while driving through Kobo because it's on the roof or, mm-hmm. or somewhere, and uh, oh, hold on, everybody stop. Here comes the train. How odd. <laughs> You know, as you walk around the engine, you'll see that the turbo's bigger than than the previous. Uh, the you know the turbo housing on that and the location of that's going to be in a different location that you had uh, in the past. But some of those other things that are just underneath the covers that you don't really recognize, like a CGI block, right? Sure. If you don't know what you're looking at and you don't know what's going on here, you won't recognize that 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 block uh, is CGI. It's thinner but stronger than what we've had in the past. Um, you know, sort of those things. So I think that's probably some of the main ones. Anything you'd say, Steve? No, I, don't I was just going to add. Um, we'll see how soon one of these hits the SEMA garage and well, gets, gets yeah. down for those people that you know look deeper than There the are guys show, out you know. there doing the 6759 hybrids. Right. It'll be interesting to see how many of those guys do a 6767 six, six, hybrid, yeah. right? And, <laughs> and, and use these components or figure out how to use these OE components in some of the or racing applications. Or, may, or maybe learn that they don't, they don't want to. to. Develop the new class. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so Marin, tell me a little bit about your job and your role in the uh, in the product now and the relationship with FCA and and before you hand it off to the next team. Absolutely. So so we have people who have dedicated years of their lives to developing the new engine. And then it's funny there are jokes, you know, how many babies have been born in this time frame. Do you know how many babies? Uh, I think at least two, several grandbabies. Oh, wow. I can tell you that. <laughs> we have so many people at Cummins who've actually been working with this this product. It really is a family company. Absolutely. Absolutely. Decades. Um, and, and people who have been dedicated to the, the Ram engine for that long. Um, so the, the team has put in, I mean, hours and weekends and holidays. And so up to this point, you know, everyone's been so careful. We've had to be so quiet about this, <laughs> this secret project that we have going on over here. And, and you know, it's, it's so exciting and everyone wants to talk about it. So when we have our core team meetings, everyone kind of geeks out saying this is, this is going to be amazing. And it's been a huge build up to get to today. Um, I'm not going to lie because I was super excited and I was on a certain plant tour and then I looked over and then Steve says, you can't look at that. And I said, okay. And then I looked over here and I went, oh, and I think I maybe looked over my shoulder again. And he's like, you didn't see that. You can't talk about that. Don't worry about that. That's, that's exactly right. Exactly right. No, no shop talk with your neighbors or, or anything. And then I think the fact that it's, you know, been kept till now was yeah. pretty good. It was amazing. If you 
go back, all the videos are on YouTube already, but when you watch the number, that 1,000 number yeah. fall down on the screen in the background, I, I know our whole project team was over dancing and celebrating because now they can show the world what they've been working to put together. So you guys need some sort of stunt back at the uh, the company where it's like uh, the first person who can eat like a thousand cupcakes or something like that at the next potluck gets a free truck or something. Okay, you gotta like celebrate somehow. A thousand push-ups. A thousand push-ups. <laughs> I I wonder who's more excited. You guys are the consumers that can get their hands on a brand new uh, Ram with uh, a thousand. I think the cool thing is we're we're also consumers. Yeah. So you know whatever we make we get we get a chance. To I've buy. seen your parking lot. That is not a lie. It is awesome. <laughs> I mean I, honestly a hundred years building engines yeah. right. 30 years with FCA, a thousand foot-pound of torque. I mean, that just that's a trifecta. That's, yeah. that's pretty awesome. I'll give it a shameless plug, but come <laughs> see it for yourself. June 13th through 15th, we're opening the mid-range engine plant doors to the TDR registry. Oh, awesome. Registry. Okay. So it's our, our uh, 100th year anniversary, 30 with Ram TDR rally. And so you'll be able to see this new engine in production, see the new trucks, maybe drive the new trucks. And at the end of that, on the 15th, we're doing a big downtown celebration for our 100th anniversary. So it's open to the public. Come check it out. Uh, you get to go inside the plant. Do you need any podcasters to come? Yeah. You want to? Yeah, I might. See you in June. Yeah, that, we, we should probably get something like that on the calendar. That sounds like fun. All right. Well, uh, thank you so much for your time and, and walking us through the new engine and, and how we got here. And congratulations on 1,000 because uh, that is that's definitely the news of the show. And I don't think anybody's walking around going, eh. You know, I think everybody I've talked to, even other manufacturers, like, damn it. That's, uh, that's strong. <laughs> so. That's, that's what we were wanting to hear. <laughs> All right. Thanks, everybody. Thanks, Sean. Appreciate it. So we need to go to there. We need to go to that party. Yeah, we need we got to be invited. We, uh, that was not Steve just telling us. He was, uh, like, joking on the podcast. No, but they came up. No. Afterwards, he literally said, if you guys want to come, let's make it happen. Did he really? Yeah. Yeah. No, really, though. Yeah, absolutely. So they said that we no could not only come. For reals, though. But there's going to be a, like, Cummins meetup of customers. Bunch of different vehicles and engine swaps. Cummins Repower brand. Bunch of customers. But they would also give us access to go through one of the Cummins plants in town and hopefully take the recorder and stuff and talk to people working on at the plant. Uh, that would be amazing. So I, I've added that to my list of well, things. Well, I mean, look, look, we know that because there are diehard Ford fans. There are diehard Bowtie fans. Yeah. But Cummins, guys. Well, here's the thing. is that yes, It's next yes, level. Yes, Cummins is associated with Ram. But there isn't anyone out there who doesn't appreciate Cummins. And let's face it, in our community, right, the truck community, especially the diesel community, the Cummins B-Series is basically the small block Chevy of the hot rod community. Oh, I like that comparison. Right? I yeah, mean, that's what, right. that's what it is. You're right. And so I think everybody kind of, you know, you could, there's you there's Ford guys who hate Chevy and Chevy guys who hate Fords, but I don't know anybody that hates Cummins. No, they don't. I just, I just don't think that, I think there's people who are like, oh, I'm a Ford guy, damn those Cummins guys, I'm V8, whatever. I think there's that, that rivalry out there. I think there's teams that are good, but I don't think anybody truly hates Cummins. I think Cummins is sort of like a Jeep. It's a it's a long-standing special brand that that deserves a little little extra place in our hearts. And on that, we should end the show. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> All right, well, we want your email, truckshowpodcast at gmail.com. That's truckshowpodcast at gmail.com. Leave us a message and we'll read it on the air. The Truck Show, the Truck Show, the Truck Show, oh, oh. And of course, we also have the five-star hotline, 657-205-6105, 657-205-6105. And uh, don't forget our socials, at Truck Show Podcast on Instagram and Facebook. And of course, thanks as always to our presenting sponsor, Nissan.
Titan XD with the, hey, 5 liter Cummins in it, mm-hmm. and the rest of the Titan and Titan XD lineup with the gas engines and a five year, 100,000 mile warranty. So if you're in the market for a new truck, why don't you head on down to your Nissan dealer and check out the Titan? You might just be surprised. And to take us out home, and if you don't mind, I'd like a little Billy Bargain. <laughs> Truck Show Podcast. Listen to this, your friend down at the truck around. Billy Bargain at the Truck Show Podcast. I'm looking at you, Mr. J. Lightning Tools. And I'm looking at you, Mr. Sean B. Holman. But I just want to let you guys know that business is up 500% since I first appeared on the Truck Show Podcast. And I just want to wish you a very, very, merry, merry, custom, 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 happy 50th episode of the Truck Show Podcast. And that's right, folks. 50th episode of the Truck Show Podcast. You come on down to the Truck and Rama, and I will give you myself as for Billy Barton. Tell <laughs> it the Truck Show Podcast, and, you, and I will personally give you 50% off for the 50th episode of the Truck Show Podcast. <laughs> oh, I think I broke myself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, buddy.